Hey, y'all, the cartoons known as RSB and Super D are back in studio to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. We've got a great show lined up. It's just you, me, and Super D today and our live chat rooms, whether they be at robertscottbell.com slash listen or the various social media outlets that have not banned us or have and then rescinded the ban. We're there with you. Let us know what's going on today. We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, we got to open with something. This may be shocking. But we're going to find some level of agreement with Joe Biden today as we open the show. I know. Don't tu- don't turn the channels off. I'm telling you, it's not like we're big supporters and fans of Biden suddenly. But just that thing that he has done, we're going to find out about it, is good no matter who did it, whether Trump did it, Biden. I don't care who's the person that did it. It's it's a good thing. So, so we got that. That's upcoming. Uh, we got radiation discussion, blood supplies discussions. Uh, let's see what else antibody discussions. Oh my gosh. I do antibodies like nobody's business. What does that mean? Well, nobody talks about antibodies the way I do. Maybe that's a good thing. Stay tuned to find out, uh, related to COVID so-called COVID antibodies. Uh, finally Ebola back in the news. I thought we got the lead out of gasoline. Apparently not. We've got news on that as well. And well, you know, I'll let the rest be a mystery to you until we get there, unless you're already getting the newsletter. Text RSB, the, the initials RSB, to 22828, and you can be part of that too. So let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. As I said when I ran for president, No one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states. And criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment, to housing, to educational opportunities. And that's before you address the racial disparities around who suffers the consequences. While white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, Black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionately higher rates. So today, I'm taking three steps to end this failed approach. First, I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal offense, federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who are convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Second, I'm calling on all governors to do the same for state marijuana possession offenses. Third, the federal government currently classifies marijuana as a Schedule One substance, the same as heroin and LSD, and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. So I'm asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Well, the last statement there, how uh, I'm going to have them initiate a, a review as to how it's scheduled, it's like, that's kind of weak and a feat. It's just, you know, for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to have to agree with Biden on anything. But the third point is like, dude, we know why it's Schedule One because of the treaty that the U.S. entered into in the 1960s that continues to this day. That's not a mystery. So, you know, why would he say, well, we got to check? I'm going to ask them to investigate. You don't need to investigate. You already know, not that Biden personally knows. I don't know that he's got a brain at all other than what they're programming him to say. But I cannot and I will not criticize those, at least those first two points. If I if I heard them right, 
pardoning all federal offenses for possession of cannabis. I don't like that he, he or anybody uses the, the slang term marijuana. And then two, calling on all governors to do the same at the state level. It's about dang time. Just a subtle understatement there. The third thing is like, that's a game. That's a game being played. Whether Trump said it, Biden said it, Bush said it, Clinton said it, Obama said it. I don't care. You're playing games with people because you already know why it's still a schedule one because of the dang treaty. So I'm not going to give you a pass for that, but I am acknowledging this is like, I don't care. Republican, Democrat, libertarian, socialist, anybody who says, you know what? We're going to decriminalize a plant and pardon people who just had possession of this plant. How how am I going to, do you want me look, you might be, and I know we've got a wide variety of views in the Robert Scott Bell show audience. Most of you are freedom loving people, whether you're around the world, anywhere, much less in America or Canada. And you're like the laws against cannabis are ridiculous. Now this doesn't mean that for those of you who don't like or perceive cannabis as the devil's weed, you're a little bit behind times in terms of the reality of the programming that went into that belief system. You know, whether it be based on religious grounds, whatever, look, everybody's got religious beliefs about things. I happen to think that the FDA approved so-called drugs, the D and FDA is demonic, that the actual approved drugs are the things that we should be going, you know what? We should be preaching against those things in church and synagogue. And I, yeah, I believe that to be the case, the arrogance and, and toxicity of man's mental, uh, you know, state versus God's created of these plants. Now, would I acknowledge that the cannabis plant has been bred and altered to the point of an extraordinary potency that's far different from 50 years ago, much less 30 or 40? Sure, acknowledge that. But if you're an adult and you would engage in in completely, let's say, uh, uh, fully informed consent, realizing what you're getting into doing that, and you may even find benefit to it. And some would say, well, what about what about those that are just wanting to use it recreationally? Well, what if some other adult didn't like what you did recreationally for fun. So that to me is also an argument that is, is not one that is rooted in a principled stance. It's a, it's a stance of you don't believe in it. So no one else should have it or access it at all, which I don't think it's a very mature stance to hold. And if you believe that cannabis is the devil's weed, then go out there and preach it. And try to convince people of your views peacefully, not with the use of the coercion and deception and the force and fraud of the government to use the police powers of the state to put people in jail and permanently mark their records simply because they used the plant. And this is coming from a guy that never used that plant growing up because I believed all of that, much less I didn't think about smoking. Anything was good for me and my lungs as well, because I already had bad lungs and other things from my ailments and illnesses. But from a judgmental perspective, the people that are using it and getting great benefit from it, I'll also acknowledge there are people using it that are having some detrimental impacts. But that's true of anything, even in the natural world. Finding out what is right for you is part of the process of experimentation, unless they come up with some kind of gene test analysis that says, if you use this cannabis, this is what's going to be the problem. Well, it's pretty safe even in those cases. And you find out, well, ah, it doesn't work for me. I don't like it. We've talked about the difference of the def- different uh, cannabid- cannabidiol versus tetrahydrocannabinol, all the different forms of the cannabinoids, the terpenes, and all of these things. 
that are quite extraordinary and profound from a nutritional or nutrient standpoint. We defer typically, of course, to the organic variety of hemp that is certified and validated because hemp is also an aggregator of toxic pollutants as well. So you want to be sure it's grown in a clean, pristine environment and tested and analyzed. That's why our friends at Nutritional Frontiers have done such a great job in providing us the hemp CBD type products that we like here that is clean and validated. And so if you haven't gone to CBDNF.com and you want to try some really clean, good CBD-based hemp products, there you go. CBDNF.com. Sign up, become a a customer there. As mentioned, the Robert Scott Bell Show, they'll send you some samples as well. But use the code RSB15 to get a discount. So you get 15% off every day, even when they put the stuff on sale. It's amazing. So I, you know, I always got to bring it into, I can, a broader perspective and a broader discussion. So let me just throw this out there as I bring Super Don into the mix as well to say, look, we don't agree with Biden on much. I think he's a buffoon. I don't think he's present mentally. But whoever wrote that script for him, for the most part, the first two points, fantastic. Decriminalize, pardon people who have possession charges federal and or urge the governors to do the same at the state level. But the whole thing about we're going to I'm going to investigate how we got there. Let's put the HHS person, the Department of Justice. Let's make them figure out how come it's schedule one. Dude, we already know it's the tr- it's the treaty. So two out of three ain't bad, though. Super D, what say you? If you're if you're not muted, because you are. I would agree with you. It's yeah. it's good uh, on on the third point. Just the fact that he was is even saying that. I mean, it's it's still a positive. Do it, you know? Look, the, I think it's uh, a cop out. Total cop. Part well, no. Here here's my here's my theory on it. The uh, the first two parts though those are significant. Mm-hmm. Those are things that he can do as a president with the pardoning, you know, and and, and calling on on the states to do that and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one. If he just flat out came out and just said, "Okay, folks, let's just cut to the chase." Yeah, it's stupid the way that that uh, uh, cannabis is scheduled. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing an executive order uh, that it will no longer be a Schedule One drug. Yeah, could he do that? I don't know if he could or not. But well, I mean, these presidents the, the do whole, they want. The whole thing about legalizing or, or mm-hmm. dropping that schedule—that's a big issue. Okay, yeah, yeah. that is a much bigger issue politically. Mm-hmm. Um, in the long run, potentially for him, then just going, I'm just going to pardon, you know, some people. Yeah, because you've got agencies and money and and you you know and all kinds of stuff in there that um, do not want to see that mm-hmm. to change. It doesn't. They don't sure. want that to change. Yeah, law enforcement. There's a lot of money involved in keeping. Oh, yeah. it criminal act. Follow the now, money. Follow Super the money. D. Would you acknowledge what we've covered over the last few years that it's not just uh, an issue for the political left to be cheering Biden on? Many people of the so-called conservative right have said, you know what? The war on drugs has been a war on freedom. It's been a war on uh, privacy, right? Fourth Amendment violations. So there's a lot where the left and the right could come together. Again, a, a point of commonality. Unless you're Laura Ingram. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know there are a few on the conservative <laughs> side that just, that no matter pot. what. Oh, my goodness, pot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yep. And my point about that is like even Laura Ingram and others might believe that it's bad. But the point is, do you think that the it's worth it to do this war on drugs for all the other detriment to society? No, it's 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 been it's been a failure from the beginning. And and there are motivations for that uh, from in the beginning that were were um, were bad. Yeah. 
the whole reason why the whole thing has, has happened, you know. However, if we want to criticize it, let's criticize it maybe for, for legitimate reasons. Um, sure. The time, timing of this? Timing? Yeah, yeah. Suspect. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. You know, right before the midterms, right. um, you know, oh yay! You know, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna forgive all your your uh, your your college tuition debt, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna make try. You know, you, you aren't gonna have to worry about your your uh, record uh, on possessing. But but you know what? There's I think there's some other things need to be looked at as far as this goes because he was very very um, sure to make sure that people understood. That it was federal offenses, and what's the definition of simple possession of marijuana? What does that mean, right? Well, I think I think that possession with where you don't have distribute intent to distribute. That's the big thing. There's a, a difference thing, between simple possession mm-hmm. and a nonviolent crime. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things. Okay. You know, if you, you, you were walking down the street and, and your bag of bag of weed fell, oh, doggone it, I dropped my weed. Oh, hey, you know, you're you're under arrest. You know, that's simple possession, right? Yeah. Uh, but there are there are nonviolent uh, uh, crimes, uh, marijuana involved crimes and stuff like that. That I think they're not you know, dropping you've got, them, though. They're not dropping and all you've of got, it. Well, and that's it. And and from what I was reading on some of this, that this is this is going to help maybe. What was the number? It, it kind of blew me away, actually. There's only like 6,000 people yeah, in the entire like country right. that will benefit from this. 6,000 out of how, yeah. millions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's going to do very little, if anything, for anybody who's incarcerated. So if they've been arrested and incarcerated over possession yeah. of of cannabis... Yeah. This isn't going to do much for, for for those people, which is the vast majority of people that have been affected negatively by this, right? Right. You know, Joe Schmo that lives down the street that happened to have got busted for for possession ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's finding it hard to be able to get a job working for the post office. That will help him. Mm-hmm. But the but you know the, the the black guy that's in jail. That because he got pulled over and they found a joint in his ashtray that ended yeah. up in jail in Oklahoma for 25 years, this isn't going to help that guy. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that we're arguing that violent offenders. Of course are, not. You know, no, 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 no. Of course, pardon, no, of course but, not. But the point is this plant and having it, it's just, come on, really? Aren't we over this? And I think no. that when we look at uh, campaign promises or platforms to run on, even Republicans are loath to run on tough on cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be tough on crime per se, but go, we want to jail everybody that uses cannabis. It's like, I think those days are over for both parties. Maybe Interestingly I'm enough, there. though, wouldn't it be yeah. interesting to find out how many people Kamala Harris stuck in jail? <laughs> yes, that's a good for friend. possession of, yeah. of marijuana when she Would- you know, when she was doing her thing. Which right now to, she's gonna uh, be like, oh yay, let's do. Oh yes, I agree. You know, you see, uh, Bill Maher has kind of gone on record saying they should just dump her in the next election cycle. She's a she's yeah. a disaster uh, yeah. on so many things, including that. Uh, so we'll uh, uh, op- open uh, forum for your comments or questions. You want to add anything into the mix on that opening statement by Biden? Uh, pardoning not nonviolent. I guess it's just simple possession. Maybe we should criminalize the prescription of possession of remdesivir steve ah, yes. there you go that would save lives that would indeed save lives 
uh, not the cannabis issue. So, yeah, let us know what you think of that. It's an unusual way to open when Super Don told me about that. I hadn't heard that, and we just saw it. And so intellectual integrity and honesty has to go, all right, don't like Biden, but at least that's something. Take a little incremental step, and I, you know, we'll critique and criticize where we feel appropriate to do so. So let us know. Now, let's go into some of the, the, the other health discussion topics today. It's good to be back in studio. By the way, shout out to Casey Krejci and Living Fuel for hosting me for a couple of days at his wonderful place. And we got a couple of great broadcasts, including yesterday's uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty interview we did in the morning and replayed it like it was live. I thought it was a terrific interview with Jonathan Emore, learning more and more about his, uh, well, intent to run if indeed there's enough support for him. Uh, for the U.S. Congress, uh, particularly the U.S. Senate, out of Virginia. That's big. Excuse me, big news. And we Two got days bit- in a row doing the yeah. show on a couch outside. Oh, did you like that? Was that fun? It's, um, you are a whole different person. I, I am, that. really? I kind of like it. it. I still I still think it, it, it's a positive. So you're telling me you don't like me when I do stand-up media? You're just so much more laid back. Of course, you know what we haven't done is have you get angry uh, sitting on a couch. Haven't seen that yet. (laughs) Maybe it won't work. Maybe it wouldn't work. Get angry on a couch. You're like chilling out on a couch. It's like it doesn't fit with anger as easily. (laughs) You know, it's a little hard to do the the thing. You know, yeah, just go go bonkers and and my voice will go up. Things like yeah. Well, look, it could happen. We could try that on, on another episode of the Robert Scott Bell Show. But today we're back at stand up studio time. I'll be at the Your Health Freedom Utah event because uh, our event with uh, uh, Stuart and Terry Warner, uh, they delayed it, rescheduled re- uh, for early January of 2023, the first uh, weekend after the new year. And so we'll be back. I'm like, I was telling people about it. It's like, oh man, I have to go to Florida in January. Really? Oh man. Yeah, you know, bummer. they're like, yeah, that's not so bad, is it? No, it's not bad at all. Everybody else at home will be walking around in the snow. But we had a, it was a really a great trip. Um, Chamberlain's Health Food Stores in Central Florida, out of Aikens, out of uh, Oklahoma. Great group of stores, great group of people that I met, and they're very invested in education. They're not afraid. I love that about Chamberlain's and Aiken. So shout out to the whole team from all of your stores all the way up to corporate level. That is a good organization. If you want to support a good health food store, Chamberlain's, Aiken's, great stuff that we did. And uh, great turnouts, both events. Uh, and, uh, you know, yesterday, was it yesterday? or Yeah, I think, or is it the day before? I can't keep up with it, but I was... Uh, at the East Orlando store, and we had a, a couple of doctors from Venezuela. One of the doctors came the previous night and came with and brought another doctor. Um, my good Casey Krejci was there for a little while. My good buddy, Dr. Mark Chayet, my buddy from Emory going way back when. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, he's now the dean of the medical school at Florida State University. FSU has a campus in Orlando. We'll have to get him on. Uh, sometime soon as a follow-up. We've had him on my show for many years as a pediatric surgeon and talked about stuff. He lives in a different world, but also our paths cross as often as I, I can because he's a good buddy. And, you know, we have great discussions and intellectual engagements on things. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, having these discussions, which I like to do, is something that benefits certainly me, but I think it benefits us all to see where we can have disagreements and still be just fine. 
be great pals over it. And that's the thing I love about Mark. And uh, we'll have to see if we can do a follow-up. But he was at the at the event having fun with us. And we were pouring silver and copper shots. Shout out to Tatiana from Natural Immunogenics. She was there helping out. Thank you for being there. And other friends that showed up. Uh, grateful. Our friend Super Don. Remember uh, John and Jackie from the Healthy Buddha? Remember they had the Kratom? Oh, they yeah. apparently sold their three stores to employees to give them an opportunity. And they're just kind of simplifying their lives through all of it because the the government, everything is making it so difficult to uh, succeed. It was just almost too much stress than it was worth. And I got hmm. to uh, go up to Mount Dora after yesterday and rented a bike at the, what was it called? Adrenaline Bike uh, bike Works. And my gosh, if you ever get up to Mount Dora, you can get a bike or rent a bike. It was just the second time I did it. It was such a joyful event for me to go out on that trail. I love that trail. And I took Sarah, uh, Casey's uh, daughter, who was, we were playing tennis earlier in the day, uh, to that, as well as John and his son, LJ, John uh, from Healthy Buddha. And we had a, just a blast riding through the forest there. And like I said, it, it's like a real, it was hard for everybody, although LJ, young boy that he is, was like, no problem keeping up. Uh, but I had found Super D, you know, at, at what we say, exercising at elevation and low oxygen levels gives mm-hmm. me a great advantage from when I lived in that area to the amount of effort it took me to go up the hills. Now I was like, I was singing, hardly breathing hard. I was like, this you is were not, singing? Yes, this is not fair. It was really like a, lot, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fitness level is uh, is up there. So I was <laughs> pleased with that. I was very pleased with that. You were singing. Uh, yeah, I was singing. Like was literally singing. Yeah, I was right. singing. Oh, and you know what I did on the airplane ride home yesterday? What's up? Speaking of singing, I was just in my musical mode. You would appreciate that. I watched two musical movies. It was a long flight. Uh, the West Side Story remake by Spielberg and the new What did you think picture. of that? I, I enjoyed I mean, I've always enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the original West Side Story. I had forgotten okay. some of the, actually, some of the story uh, whether it was much different from the first one or not, I don't know. But uh, the choreography, yeah, it was good. You know, I, I said as a story, it's like Romeo and Juliet, right? In that context. So, mm-hmm. but the music I've always loved from West Side Story, and then uh, the Elvis picture. I mean, that guy was uncanny. You know how Elvis he was, and a little bit more of the backstory of Colonel Tom Parker, apparently. Uh, so, anyway, it was just like musical yesterday. It was a musical mm-hmm. yesterday. Awesome. That's all I got. You guys, you That's got it. nothing else. Okay, I thought you'd That's be happy it. for okay. me being the mu- you like musicals, so I thought. I, you know what? The thing is, is I, I, uh, my, my parents. Well, not mm-hmm. my parents, but my dad and my sister were mm-hmm. in to theater. This was after I'd moved out and yeah, was doing my own thing. So, mm-hmm. but um, prior to that, when I was growing up, we did go to a few musicals. Yeah, by the way, your little pooches, uh, they're very active with the toenails yeah, on the floor. my son got home, and they're all excited. They want to run out there. Plus, plus we've got uh, autumn today, too, So, and oh the dogs God. love love autumn. So, It is like I have to get them to keep them away because they're kind of a little too much, you know, getting too familiar. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So All right. They well, are, we got, yeah, they're tap dancing. You can hear them. Family-friendly show today on the Robert Scabell Show, including pet-friendly. So... There you go. All right, shall we go into the... Well, look at that. Look at that. I see. I see. Which one is that? 
Oh, this which is one is that? That's Holly. Okay, look at how <laughs> affectionate Holly. Holly loves you, Super Don. No doubt. Tail is happy. That's gross. Stop French kissing the dog on the air. This is a family show. <clears throat> My mouth was closed. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Hers wasn't for sure. <laughs> All right. I don't mean to gross anybody out, but there you go. Super <laughs> D, good stuff. The loving animals, the loving kids and grandkids. Yes. All right. Let's do the first, uh, uh, let's say, official health-related story on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Okay. Headline reads, 86% of kids under 17 years of age have antibodies from a past COVID infection, according to the Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion. So the CDC is acknowledging 86% of 17-year-olds and under have the antibodies, the holy grail of the vaccine religion. They already have them. And then the subheadline here says, oh, but that doesn't mean 86% of kids under 17 are actually protected against reinfection. What have they acknowledged here? I know what they're trying to tell us. What are they acknowledging here? Something that I pointed out and that immunologists with integrity point out that having an antibody or antibodies in and of itself is neither sufficient necessarily nor necessary necessarily to prevent so-called infection or reinfection. The holy grail of the vaccine religion is the antibody. Is it not? Am I wrong? Even with mRNA technology altering DNA protein synthesis, aren't they trying to elicit antibody response? Isn't that their goal? And what is acknowledged here is what I pointed out for years and years and years on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Yes, as a renegade homeopath with an occasional bad attitude. No, I don't think it's that bad often, but occasionally is that the antibody is in and of itself not necessary nor sufficient to protect you from any given infectious agent, so to speak. And yet their programming of the mind through these articles is not to acknowledge that, even though by definition, by saying that they do acknowledge it, is to say that, hey, 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 not so fast, natural immunity, we don't know how long it lasts, it might wane. So make sure you get even those 86% of kids under 17 with antibodies detected already in to get a booster of some kind, of any kind, many of them if you can. Despite the fact that the same scenario is apparent in much worse fashion, much more intense fashion, that is via jabbing, injecting, that the waning so-called antibody response is much more rapid and, again, depleting, if you will with other side effects, if you will, that are not in any way supportive of a healthy immune response. More than eight, think about this, more than eight in 10 kids under 17, they say have antibodies. But hey, 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 doesn't mean you shouldn't get them jabbed. In fact, you still should because it could fade and wane. You could get reinfection even before it fades and wanes because what? Antibodies are not sufficient nor necessary to prevent so-called infections, only one aspect of the immune response. So here's a quote I'm going to read from this article. I don't, I forget who's saying this, Super Don. If you can figure out who's saying this, maybe somebody from Boston Children's Hospital. What we should not take away from this data is that the kids are now immune from infection. Okay, so basically they said, you have antibodies, kids, but I don't want you to have any illusion or delusion that having antibodies is sufficient to protect you. That's what it says. So don't think that these kids are immune from infection. 
We can't make the leap that continual investment in vaccines and protections of our kids is not important, which they acknowledge they need to continually inject your kids because it rapidly wanes. If they had their their way, they would have mandatory COVID boosters for life every six months because they know it, 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 it wanes. But this Brownstein dude says, as we know, immunity wanes. Variants evolve to evade prior immunity. And so, you know, this is more a reflection of how amazingly widespread this virus is, but it's not a reflection of future risk. They are living in cognitive dissonance or they want you to live in cognitive dissonance with this promotion of the jabs without end campaign. And yet they get it wrong from the the word go because their entire premise is based on antibodies, yet they have to argue against naturally acquiring antibodies to keep you going back for those that are artificially induced via various methods. In this case, mRNA jabs or boosters. By the way, the boosters are not even tailored for whatever they say is circulating now. Still on the original one. They don't even have the Omicron one. On and on it goes. And who needs the Omicron one since it was so mild and worthless? I'm trying to be calm here even though I'm standing up. I should be even more outraged. You should be too that they get away with this nonsense. But this is why If you listen to what the mainstream, lamestream legacy media presents as fact or their interpretation of the facts, you will be led down not a primrose path, but a prickled path of permanent injections without end. If they can't mandate it, they will just program your mind into believing you must accept it because they have tried to convince us that natural immunity doesn't count, doesn't matter. It wanes despite their artificially induced immunity wanes even faster with a whole lot of effects that don't occur via natural acquisition of what they call antibodies. So there you go. It's something I've talked about for years and years and years. I just wanted to show you more evidence of that within media circles and how they pronounce antibodies somehow no longer relevant, yet they are relevant if you get them artificially. I'm not making this up. You're witnessing it in real time here. And if you've just joined in to the Robert Scott Bell Show after 23 years of being here doing this show, yes, it was called Jumpstart Your Health for the first number of years before it became the Robert Scott Bell Show. I've been consistent. I think about a lot of the folks that are out there in the last two or three years partaking in media communication. And this is not a slide on them. I'm glad. I'm So welcome to the party, pal, that have acknowledged some of the things that I've been presenting on for years. And I think about... What have we had to do mea culpas on in the last particularly two or three years, much less much of my uh, broadcast career, two decades plus into this? And Super Don, you've been with me for 16 or 17 of those years. How many times have I made a, oops, I really screwed up on that one. I was so wrong, fundamentally wrong about that versus how many times has the other side of the equation gone without acknowledging that they yelled at me for being wrong when they were in fact wrong and I was right. And I'm right again. I don't think many of us have had to, those of us who have been banned on media in the last two or three years, we haven't had to say sorry for about anything. Everything we've been on has been right, maybe too early, but correct. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm trying to think in the, in the, the last 17 years, how many times have you had to get on the air and say you were wrong? Yeah. I can't remember one. 
Just right. I think I, I think I would if it had happened. You know, seriously, you would. You would yeah. love. You would. You would be dancing on my. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I remember that we're old enough to remember happening. All except for the you can't pray away a hurricane. I right. think that was that was the one. Did I apologize for that? No. No. I think prayer is a good thing. You conceded that I was right and that I got you, but. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. We'll have to go back and play the tape. Play the tape. Uh, oh, it's, I'm sure it's gone. Oh, YouTube got. Oh, oh man, YouTube man. got rid of it. We can't prove it. We can't prove oh, a thing. But you terrible. remember the, the the Happy Days, the Fonzie episodes where he had to say he was wrong and he couldn't. That was like when we were kids. I was and he couldn't say. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, it's just like one of those childhood memories we have growing up in the '70s watching silly TV sitcoms. Oh, but. I, I'm happy to admit I've been wrong, but not about a lot. Lori says, I've been listening to RSB longer than Super Don has been around. Yes, you have, Lori. You are so awesome. here's the thing. We'd have to ask Lori then, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, did I miss something? Did Super Don miss something? When I was like, oops, I really screwed up on that. I was wrong about that. And I'm not saying that I have. I'm sure there has been occasional, but I'm saying the track record's okay. pretty good. And that doesn't mean... Stop critically thinking about the things I say and present. That's not it at all. But in terms of principled stances, go to those and you find out why I, you know, conclude the things I've concluded, why I talk about the things I do the way I do regarding immunology and medicine and other things. And um, look, it, it isn't just me that was right. I mean, oftentimes I'm going into, honestly, the peer-reviewed medical literature to find out validations for things that I suspect and go, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And then they come out and say, yes, 86% with the antibodies, but hey, don't be resting on your laurels. Get some boosters, which acknowledges what they know of immunology, which is that antibodies are not the, the, uh, the holy grail that they pretend they are. But now they are, but only if they're artificially induced. Isn't that interesting? We have to d- discount the reality of natural immunity. All right. Well, we also have to, let's say, acknowledge that we need to stop poisoning ourselves so much <laughs> or at all, if possible. If you're coming in and starting to cool up in the northern hemisphere in the fall months, the bugs it might be starting to come inside. What are you going to do to manage them? Toxic poisons that can kill your cats and dogs and your kids? No. Cancer? No. How about utilizing something that has anti-cancer properties? The limonene from the orange peel, from the citrus peel. The limonene we get from Orange Guard. OrangeGuard.com for the the EPA-registered pesticide, OMRI listed for certified organic agriculture. It can be used you know, around your... You're in your home or in your kitchen. Your pets are fine. Your kids are fine. And we've been utilizing that. We've been getting some more images in that Super Don is adding to the collage. So when you get your orange guard from either Ace Hardware stores locally or Whole Foods or ordering online directly at orangeguard.com, send, send Super Don a picture with it. Ask RSB at gmail.com. Ask RSB at gmail.com. Look at that. More pictures being added. And I think that turtle one is like one of the most cool pictures I've seen. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you put that up on screen, full screen, the turtle one? What's the backstory on that? Is that a real live turtle? It looks like a real live turtle eating a head of lettuce. It is a live turtle that came in from, uh, let's see, I think that was Diane. Uh, just 
just actually minutes ago. What is that, like a giant pretend ant on the back of the turtle? It is. A, it is. It is a, uh, let me zoom in on that so you can see. What? Who sent that one in? That is crazy. Let me double, let me double check here. But I think it was Diane. It shows like the ant on its just side. Sent in just sent just a just a few minutes ago, uh, Diana. Diana. Diana Meyer. Nice, yes. Diana. That is that is really great. Yeah. You got to send that to tour from Orange Guard. So you see yeah, yeah. Look, I think this it's new. safe for the turtle. It's not going to poison right. the turtle eating the lettuce, but the ant's and it not like killed the ant. Yeah. <laughs> Although I tend to like to get rid of the 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 red stinging fire ants more than the black ants. But hey, you know it's the principle yeah. here. You get, you're not going to poison everybody, and that that's great. Right. So thank you, Diana. Thank you. That's really cool. I love that. Uh, we got upcoming events. We'll get to that in a little while. I, I want to talk about um, radiation for a moment. Did you see this article? Uh, it's in Fierce Pharma. It's a sign of the times. The U.S. is stocking up on Amgen's radiation sickness drug, N-plate? N-plate-y? I don't even know how to pronounce this. N-plate? Or is it N-plate? In what could be a troubling sign of the times, the article says the United States is stocking up on radiation sickness drugs. Is this in light of threats by Putin to do nuke, go nuclear on Ukraine? Well, dude, this is one of those things where, you know, every once in a while you'll see a story where it's like the U.S. government is, uh, or what was it? I think it was like the post office, the IRS, they're, yeah. they're buying guns. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. it's kind of like, Gun why, why are they doing that? You're not going to use them yeah. or plan to use them. Why are you doing it? Right. So it's like uh, right on the heels, basically, of the threat, which some people have said is empty, but other people have said should take seriously, of Putin saying that he uh, would not rule out using nuclear weapons Mm -hmm. over this Ukraine situation. So is it weird that they're buying like millions of dollars worth of this radiation sickness drug? Yeah, it's weird. Mm. Are they are they saying, oh, don't worry about it. We're doing that. It's normal. We do that every once in a while. No, they're not. Yeah, they're they're not saying that. So it's like, why? Why would they do that? So if that's the. It's, 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 I'm looking at. The, know, is that does that does that worry you? Man, you know what? I, I've got enough to deal with to have to add that worry into the mix. Oh, I know, but oh, come on. Let's, right. But seriously, though, I mean, hmm. you, you're not going to ignore something that your gut tells you is something you should be concerned about. So mm. is it, it – I mean, I just – I don't get that impression that you would. Anyway, no, here, here's what I would do rather than this Amgen drug. You know, it's, it's, it's approved to treat blood cell injuries linked to acute radiation syndrome, they say this. And uh, that means uh, blood damage, damage to blood, uh, impaired blood clotting, platelet counts. So we look at, interestingly enough – the, the thematic element of the last few years here, blood disorders, damage to the blood and the vasculature. How would we respond if we don't have access to what the government is supposedly stockpiling? You know, for me, one of the things when you address burn wounds and radiation causes burn wounds internally is silver. Yeah, I said that. God's medicine for burns is silver. And if you could saturate the tissues of the body, it is a potent anti-radiation remedy along with the key mineral, selenium, more than any other. Protective of cellular integrity in the blood, the blood vessels. We've talked about selenium and copper being both critical here as well. And silicon or silica to address 
cellular integrity, connective tissue integrity. So there are a number of things that can be done. There are homeopathic remedies to address radiation, specifically when we uh, think of the potassium uh, iodide pills, that's calliodatum, homeopathic calliodatum, which is safer in terms of long-term use. You could use that without harm, whereas the potassium iodide uh, tablets, they say, don't take that because it could block some other things that you wouldn't want blocked normally, but in a uh, radioactive isotope, iodine, that kind of thing, it could block uh, the absorption of the radiation to protect your thyroid. But we can do calliodatum. And again, there are other radiation-type burns. Cantharis is a burn remedy, a number of things that can be done. Apis as well. But the homeopathic uh, remedies, along with selenium, along with silver, could be very critically important. Now, the other thing, when we talk about blood disorders, clotting issues, we come back to the snake venoms. Where I talked about when Brian Artis came out and talked about snake venoms, and I said, well, whether it is or it isn't doesn't matter because the manifestation of blood disorders, clotting issues uh, or, or other oxygenation issues, always is is indicating certain snake venoms, whether it be uh, lachesis, crotalus, uh, nausea, uh, vipera. I mean, there's a bunch of options in homeopathy for bloodborne disorders. And of course, rebuilding or building the blood, copper is critical. Uh, what do we got? Uh, chlorophyll is used. There, there are a lot of things you can do to rebuild the blood, repair the blood. Uh, in, in such circumstances. So if you are concerned and you may not have access nor the desire to use what the U.S. Uh, Department of Homeland Security is stockpiling, perhaps you should you know look into a little bit about the things that I've mentioned in the last couple of minutes and stockpile those things safely to counteract. Now, yeah. here's the bigger question, though. Okay. And I'm, I know you, you kind of avoided my question. I noticed yeah, you kind of did a I, – I, I, I don't want people to panic. No, but mm -hmm. we're also transparent here on this show. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's something people should be concerned about? I, I, do you think there's anything to this? Because otherwise, why would they be doing this? Right. Maybe there's maybe there's a reasonable explanation. Maybe it's just like you know what we do this every once in a while. The stock that we had of this stuff is old, and so we had to replace it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a coincidence yeah. that we're doing it now. Whatever. Um. I want to know. Is it something people should be concerned here's about? Here's what I would want to look into further. Maybe somebody out there has already done this. Amgen. Let's talk about whoever stands to profit. Amgen, who holds the stock? Who has lobbied to say, hey, you know what? We need a purchase order from the government. Utilize the Putin excuse to get a, to buy $290 million of our product. I, I think that's, some would say cynical, but I think it's a reasonable, skeptical position to have. That in many cases we've seen, like with COVID jabs, mRNA jabs, even though we know they are just worthless as best, dangerous they are, uh, it's profited these companies to the tune of hundreds of billions, some argue trillions now in profit taking uh, in that regard. So it, it would be silly not to consider that as a possibility. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Oh, Putin mentioned this. Hey, buy our stuff. And then somebody's getting kickbacks and paybacks. Is that, isn't that semi reasonable? to think that could be happening here i'm still sure. avoiding your uh question or is that what you're you saying are. that's okay you obviously must have a reason so yeah well i'll stop i'll stop leslie doesn't think there's any reason to be concerned about i do not okay. think it's going to go nuclear and even if it does man we've got to stuff we got to stuff to deal with it and i've brought up 
the controversial perspective from a physicist friend of mine that pointed out, um, see, Lori mentions Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, that these nuclear bombs are not what we think they are. They're high-yield, megaton-tonnage-type bombs with dirty materials. That it isn't a nuclear fission event, per se, or the splitting of the atom. Uh, and that's uh, like, a, is that what you believe or do you, do you just entertain the possibility of that? I'm leaning toward that because we've been lied to about a lot of things that they are brutal and intense in terms of the, uh, mega tonnage in terms of the power that those bombs hold, but that they aren't because what's argued is that once you get that first leap, you know, we get into serious physics here that it doesn't go to the next and the next that it just stops there. And so that they haven't really perfected what they claim Oppenheimer did in that same way. But it, it, it's a big, it's a big issue. It's almost like the level of flat earth, right? When we, when we acknowledge that we don't perceive the flat earth argument is, is really, even though they have strong arguments that convince a lot of people. Uh, but in the realm of nuclear bombs, that's something I've never, I'd never really heard discussed that controversy until I met this physicist and he described, and I'd say, Oh, that's plausible. Let me just say that's plausible based on a lot of things. Mm. So there we go. Interesting. All right. So are you worried about now that you've asked me, are you, you think we should be concerned? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I know, uh, that it's not a, you know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, yeah. I mean, it's. it's Are you in the uh, duck in cover mode? Remember those days back in the day? That was retarded. Um, <laughs> you said that. You said I that. Just, I did say I that with a capital R. Wow. It was retarded. Oh. Um, I don't care. Okay. But it, yeah, because, you know, it was like, you know, get under your desk yeah. and, you know, it's like, well, what good is that going to do? You know, it's not going to do anything. It's just, it just means that your ashes will be in the form of a kid ducking under a desk you know that's not gonna yeah. protect you from anything yeah but um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just do i think it's possible yeah i think it's always been possible i don't i don't um i don't subscribe to the nuclear bomb thing is not real mm-hmm. uh it just it, it's too be far hard. it's a bridge too far for you super d i know well you know i mean how many you know, you know uh Lori brought up hiroshima and nagasaki yeah I mean, there was some stuff that happened mm-hmm. there that, uh, you know, you can't just go, oh, well, there, there, it, just, it was just a, a really big bomb. You know, if you look at the injuries mm-hmm. of people uh-huh. uh, that have been, uh, you know, uh, injured in, in a bomb, from a bomb, mm-hmm. and then you look at the injuries of people uh, that were in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they're completely different from each other. There, there was damage that was done there. There were things that happened there that... In order for that to have been faked, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, Agreed. Uh, it's, conspiracy it's, it's, of, of it's, uh, you know, uh, enormous. It's a big ask, but there are, again, presentations. What about the, the videos of the tests that were done with nuclear bombs way back in the day? Oh, my God. Where yeah. it was like, now, where did that mushroom cloud come from? There's no bomb. Yes. Conventional yes. explosive yes, that causes a reaction like that you're, that we've no, seen on film. No, no, no. You're unless wrong. you want to say it was fake. No, no, you're wrong. The mushroom cloud is created by conventional bombs and can be not like that, though, dude. Not with not like that. Not like. If you that. want to go down this road, I have to get you some links to review it, and it, and it looks like 
the fake moon landing type uh, video. Uh, if we're going to go down that road, I want to get a guest on. Okay. I don't want to watch a video. Okay. I hate that. Watch this video. See, it's proof. No, it's not. That could be fake, too. I'm up for it. You know? So, come it. on. All right. Put it out there, y'all. Yeah. I'll, I'll see okay. what I can do. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there's your detour of the day with Super Don. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Good you times. all for being here. Uh, let's see. Let me ask this question. Is the U.S. blood supply tainted? And I think definitively the answer would have to be yes, based on the unknown life or longevity of the synthetic mRNA that they claim, oh, sure, it's fine. It's over within a day or two or two weeks. And now they're finding, well, there really is no off switch to it. And we know that so many of the uh, post-COVID or COVID jab manifestations are cardiovascular injuries, bloodborne disorders, et cetera, that to not screen the blood for those who have been given these experimental injections, and yes, they are still experimental. There is no comernity and spike vax available anywhere in the United States that uh, they're giving out because it has not been added to the recommended list via ACIP CDC committee to the childhood recommended list. And until it does, it's going to have liability if it's approved and available without being put on that that list. So uh, I think that uh, to ask whether that blood has been screened to determine that it's come from people who have not got the jab is a very reasonable ask. And it should be something if there was a legitimacy to the U.S. Red Cross, they would insist on wanting to screen that blood because what are we seeing? Blood-borne disorders for those who are getting these jabs. And so why wouldn't they as well uh, want to uh, investigate that unless they're in on it, unless on some level they are part of the problem, which I've argued the U.S. Red Cross and their blood banking is a very profitable industry that gives you a few cookies in return. And, of course, it colludes to deny information that blood transfusions may not be fully, in fact, necessary by utilizing other means of blood plasma replenishment, whether it be through the use of isotonic solutions of coconut water and or isotonic solutions of seawater, as was done by World War II in the first sense, and the latter example by the studies and experiments of Quinton, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N. So there's a racket there as well, a monopoly on blood replenishment, by those making big bank over blood that you donate because you're a good person and you want to help other people. Yet they would deny the fact that we can build blood by other mechanisms without having to resort to pulling blood from other people. So, yeah, I, I think the U.S. blood supply is definitely tainted. And I would not want to have to get a transfusion uh, from blood that had been previously exposed to that which is in the mRNA injections. Now, this leads us to, oh, this is an interesting question of the day. Super D, you got the uh, got the set up and ready to go? QOTD? It's an oldie but a goodie. No. Oh, you don't have it set up? No. Where's your head at? On my shoulder. The dog licking your, what is going on here? Oh, just question of the day. You're seemingly there distracted. You this is from dun, 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 dun. question of the day. You know, you I'll go. take that. I, I, that, the effort, okay. I applaud that effort. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Max asked, do you have a cure for herpes? HSV one herpes simplex virus one. 
that will completely get it out of your system to show a negative blood test. Wow. Well, that's interesting. It's a great question. It's an interesting question, and it hasn't been asked in a long time here on the show. Now, this gets partly into the controversy of viral causation of anything, much less herpetic uh, manifestations, saying we got herpes one, we got herpes two, we got you know, herpes genitalis, simply, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that they claim uh, are causative agents in regards to the manifestations of various herpetic outbreaks. Okay, so let, let, maybe we should put aside the viral isolation issue for a moment because we won't solve it in this in this in this moment. But I will say before we got into these great controversies many, many years ago, that it was sort of acknowledged that these herpetic viruses are endemic to the human genome. And in fact, that these things, whether you want to call them viruses or not, are part of the necessary communication tools in terms of genetic information, information about the environment, and that they were not necessarily causative agents in disease, but may be present because of, wow, let's look at deficiencies of minerals, environmental issues that created the scenario. Now, when we talk about, uh, let's say, uh, the simplex, which is like a cold sore, how often do they happen when you're in tip-top shape? Your, your immune system's working great. You're, you're eating well. You're hydrated. Uh, you're on your game. You're exercising. No, we hear about these things, these cold sores, much less other forms of herpetic outbreaks, including shingles, by the way, related to the chicken pox, uh, when stress has been something that has been very intense, when you have been depleted via certain behaviors, minerally deficient. You know, we see that. Uh, the utilization of certain amino acids to counter these things and or minerals like selenium have been profound in restoring integrity to the immune system so that these things are no longer manifesting. Now, to get to Max's question, which is a legitimate question, is like, how can I get it to the point where it doesn't show up on a test? Well, th- that becomes the question of, do you believe in the veracity of any or all of those tests telling you you have a virus And I've got a lot of questions and have had for years and still do about the validity of them saying, hey, viral load, this is what it means. You don't know whether it's a rapidly replicating thing in your body or if you're just analyzing debris fields that match sequences of certain amino acids or, you know, basically protein sequences that you relate to that virus. You say we've coded it. This is what it is. This is the, the symptom we see. So it's definitely that. So, Max, the bad news is I don't believe that our goal should even be, maybe that's uh, just not a bad news, good news, it's just my perspective, that our goal should be complete eradication of things that are systemic and endemic in all of life, but that we must work to strengthen our systems to such a degree that those things never actually ever manifest. Exposure is inevitable. If you believe in something called a virome, it dwarfs a microbiome, And those things are so freaking small that there's nothing you can do to stop exposure. So they're always innocent around us and on and on, whatever you believe or perceive that they are, it's part of life and we cannot eliminate them. To do so is, is, is a maddening tilting at windmills scenario via drugs or supplements or homeopathic remedies. You know, we use the homeopathic remedy Rustox, homeopathic poison ivy, for a lot of herpetic outbreaks. We can utilize the nosodes from these things, like HSV1 nosode, 
much less chickenpox, nozos, all of those things to help facilitate an immune recognition safely without bringing harm like an injection to do that, whether it be designed to stimulate antibodies or not. I think that's irrelevant. Ultimately, whether you have antibodies or not, that's where we sort of open the show today. And I think this is, again, important because, well, for one, very few shows of any kind, medical or otherwise, talk about these things in this way to provide a perspective that says, my gosh, you know, it isn't my goal now to eradicate a virus or viruses. It is to live as healthy a life as possible and to address with remedies that are appropriate at any time that are non-toxic, but safe at all levels for the most part, for kids, adults, everybody in between. And so selenium, again, is my number one go-to mineral when it comes to anything that you're concerned about, whether you believe or perceive it's viral or not. Beyond that, addressing silver, silver virus static, copper has antiviral properties we've talked about for years, other immune modulators we've discussed on this show, all valid and, and helpful, topical application, local application as needed. But when it comes to eliminating the possibility of a positive result on a test that has no valid standard in many cases, it's just hard for me to go there and go, yep, that would definitively eradicate the possibility that you would ever test, you know, on and on it goes, controversy with the test. But if it never happens in terms of you never have an outbreak again, would that be the desired goal? Or is it just about the test? And then we get into vulnerabilities about test-demics. If we're relying on tests, here's an example of that as we're, oh, we're almost up against our, our first hour break. How many of you have heard me talk about hepatitis C? Hepatitis C. The kind, and this is going back to our buddy Liam Sheff. We talked, we had these discussions. Questions about actual isolation of hepatitis C versus what is manifesting in a liver that is so congested and so toxic that they can find anything that they want, especially through PCR. You know, you can find anything you're looking for and not looking for if you run it enough times. Same scenario that many people only became aware of because of COVID. But those of you like Lori, longtime listeners to the Robert Scabell show know that this was something that we were discussing. I was discussing now for decades from almost the time I opened up the microphone in 1999. These are some of the things I talked about. We're not some Johnny come lately. Oh, oh yeah, let's uh, And it's great if you're here now. It's not a critique or a criticism per se, but rooted back in principled understandings or at least questions rooted in principles that say, hey, there's some things that don't necessarily make sense that haven't been fully validated about, for instance, hepatitis C. So they would ask me, I've talked to doctors all the time and patients of doctors all the time about, hey, I uh, have started, for instance, an intense silver hydrosol protocol to eradicate or reduce the burden of what my doctor says is a hep C type infection. And by the way, I've seen this similar for EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, similar scenarios. And they get on an intense regimen, sometimes off-label introduction to flood the body with so much silver hydrosol that we know that if you're concerned about viruses, they cannot, they cannot replicate anymore. They're not a problem. And these patients often, and the doctors will report, the patients feel great. My gosh, this is an amazing thing we're witnessing here. They feel like top of the world. But often it's the patients that would call and say, hey, I feel great, but my doctor says it's not working. I knew the answer to why. I would say, well, why? Why does your doctor say that? Well, well, I had a viral load test. 
and it said the numbers were shooting way sky high, hundreds of thousands, of, you know, ridiculous numbers. I said, but you feel great. Yeah, I feel great. I got energy. My digestion's good. I'm like, I haven't felt this great in years. But your doctor says you're going to die because the numbers went up. Yeah, I know. It's scary. I, I don't know what to do. Stop taking the tests. Stop it. Because the tests do not delineate or differentiate between what we would call a rapidly repl- replicating virus or viral load that's actually active and doing something that they claim is causing your problem versus debris fields of neutralized, whether you call them viruses or other protein sequences, that your body is now struggling to catch up with that debris field that is accumulated because you eradicated them via the silver therapy or other immunomodulating therapies, direct and indirect benefit to the immune system and the targeting of the things that are burdening you. And so the numbers climb because your liver is not clearing it. Heck, it was your liver that was congested in the begin begin with. And you have now eradicated something they say is the cause of your problem. And I say it's the result of the problem, not the cause of it. And you're neutralizing it. Now your body has to filter out and bind and excrete and catch up. So the numbers go way up, but they don't differentiate between something that's actively doing something and just a field that is just like catching. How do we catch this? How do we get this out? Let's get it out faster. Where I would argue then more selenium, more coffee enemas, other detox support pathways, etc. And I try to communicate this as simple as possible because these dunderheaded doctors that rely on viral load tests don't stop to look at the analysis of what that t- test actually means and what it doesn't mean. And it reminds me again of the uh, what was the line from? You keep using that word. I don't think. It means what you Princess Bride. Princess Bride. You keep using that word. No. I don't think it means what you think it means. Right. It's embarrassing once again. And I'm embarrassed for doctors and PhDs who don't see this, won't see this, certainly won't communicate it. Uh, and I just pray that you guys understand what I'm saying or can go further than me even and just push back if I'm if you think I'm wrong somewhere. But that's one of those things that I've been right about. And it's not because me, I've, I've, like I said, I've talked with folks, I've investigated myself, all these things and came to these conclusions and nothing in the so-called scientific field has overturned my perspective on this. And I'm open to be, you know, overturned. It's like, that's real science. It's like, yep, this is what I know right now. Might I learn something tomorrow? And if I did, I'd go on and go, yep, mea culpa. I thought I knew. And I don't, I don't, I'm okay with that. It isn't about my ego being right, it's about well, what I know to be true or factual, and I'm going to communicate it until there's evidence that may, maybe my interpretation or understanding of it was wrong. Maybe it's right. I think it's right. It's been proven right a lot. Kind of like the way you think about uh, nuclear bombs, right? Well, am I, am, I, am I saying that I'm open to the possibility that everything we thought or that I thought about them could be incomplete, <clears throat> if not wrong? How about the moon, how about the moon landing? Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be able to overcome that one, Super Don. No, no. I mean the Van Allen radiation belts. Come on, give me a, give me a. How about how about the how about the moon guy uh, orbiting the Earth in a Tesla? Yeah, that's crock. That's a crock. That's just like I'm sorry. I don't care how much money you have, Tesla. You're not doing that. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, look at that. How's that for an hour plus of the Robert Scott Bell show? An hour plus, absolutely. I hope I'm not boring you to tears, y'all. I think these these are educational opportunities and moments when these questions of the day come in. So, so what are we going to talk about when we come back after the break? Do you want to talk about McCullough getting banned on Twitter or something else? You know what? There's not much to say. Okay. He got banned on Twitter. Okay. Well, we've said it. 
<laughs> we love Ta da! Peter's a great guy. He shouldn't be banned on Twitter. He shouldn't be banned anywhere. We like Peter. He's just I'm banned. surprised he he uh, he was on Twitter as long. I as he was, was too. I was like he when when I heard he was banned on Twitter, I was like, what? He's on Twitter? I had no idea he was still on Twitter. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, I, if Elon Musk is really buying it, then put Peter McCullough back in there, okay? Just might. All right, uh, Ebola back in the news. It's a lot of this is is like old. Everything old is new again. And I hope you don't mind the reviews. We do have a lot of new folks that listen to the show for the first time, watch the show. So you're, you're welcome. The water's warm. It's not contaminated and toxic and poison. Sometimes it's a bit silly, and we don't, we're okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't know. Super Don's, I think, okay with that, too. So let's come back from this break of education proportions of some kind. Super Don is planned for you. And uh, we'll talk about that. We'll check out the chat room as well. com slash listen. Please Sign up for the newsletter. If you haven't figured out how to do that, text my initials RSB to 22828. There it is. Text RSB to 22. When I said this, 22828, when I said this at my lecture the other night, people were trying to send RSB 22828. Like, that's not a text number. The text number is 22828. My initials send then RSB. Okay. I'm just saying, I didn't know that was confusing, but apparently it was. So we'll do our best to communicate that as well. So thanks for being here. The power to heal is still yours. Thanks, y'all, again for being here and sharing the show. And it's just, you know, the most amazing thing that you can do, among other things that you can do, to help us reach the folks that are in need, that need to hear this message, that I think ultimately is powerful, positive, and uplifting, even though it can be challenging, sometimes outrageous. I mean, look, Super Don dropped the R word in hour one. No, not Republican. I won't even say it. Oh, my gosh, it's so politically incorrect. But he was correct in bringing it up the way he did. Super D, do you know what you said in hour one? Do you- Don't be a girly man. Yeah. Retarded. I said retarded. Yeah, you said retarded. Whatever. You know what? That was a word mm-hmm. when we were growing up. That mm-hmm. wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, hey, we want to make fun of mentally challenged people. Speak for yourself. It was just, it was just a word, no, you know. Don't no, be, a, don't no, be a re- no. Come on, know? be honest. We used to call friends retarded when we thought they were being. We famous. did, and we it's called we called used to call our friends all, all kinds, all of, kinds of, of really offensive. Yeah, things. of course, but we survived. Uh, it. It, but it, it wasn't it wasn't done <laughs> in, in a way that we were trying to be mean to to a certain group no, of people or something true. like that. We were we were just giving our friends a hard time, you know. Oh my gosh! I mean, do you remember? Uh, Tackle the man with the ball. We used to call it smear the queer. Smear the queer. That was. Yeah. The, I was like, oh my gosh! You think about how offensive that is today. But the idea of utilizing words that they're the things that really hurt you. And we used to be told sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt you. And now it's like, oh my gosh, the names are nuclear. It causes complete nuclear meltdown as opposed to the sticks and stones that they're not concerned about that really do hurt people. We become so snowflakey, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We've talked about that, but I think the artificial induction of the fear of being called names 
Sure, it's not the most mature thing to do to call somebody names, but when we're kids, were we mature? We would just call each other names. It's just what we did. I don't know. Sometimes it was, you mean. know, it's true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. I won't dig myself into. Yeah. Please there, don't. But, uh, please don't. We don't. <laughs> have to dig you out. Anyway, you were the one that brought it up. I did bring it up. It's true. But I like talking about stuff that we're not allowed to talk about. I think everybody should talk about the stuff you're not allowed to talk about because that's stuff. Especially you need to now that we're on Rumble. Yeah. Oh, right. Rumble. Right. So we're live on Rumble, and the archives are going up on Rumble, which is what are you showing me there? Is that on Rumble right now? Yep. Cool. I had no idea we could do that. So. Yep. There's another way to share the Robert Scott Bell show on Rumble. We uh, we won't get we won't get banned on Rumble. Yeah. So. And if you want to support us even more, become one of our patron supporters. And we do monthly AMAs via Zoom. And I don't think we've determined when we're going to do our next one. I think we're going to try to do a Saturday uh, one. And I'm not sure when it's possible. So maybe after the show we can talk about that some more. Uh, okay. I know we've got more stories to cover. And and I'm not delaying the, the the inevitable discussion of Ebola, but I feel like the proverbial broken record that we have to come back to this. But they keep bringing it up, so what am I supposed to do? Well, look, do okay. So basically, what you're saying is is that Ebola is is uh, due to a deficiency in gross selenium, selenium deficiency. Absolutely, okay. it is. And, so let's not talk about that okay. because that is what we've talked about a hundred times. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, what is the reason why this is in the news? Well, there's a parent. Other than, other than that the people that are getting this, mm-hmm. uh, just like, what, the people here mm-hmm. getting, plah, whatever whatever you want to call it, uh, COVID yeah. or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, here's, here's the deal, dude. Okay. Uh, how many times have we said that they keep trying to scare us with silly stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't they just come out and say, hey, it's going to be Ebola, right? At least that one is the, the one, one that, that there's been people. all these movies about and the people's organs liquefy yeah. and they bleed out of their eyes and all that kind of stuff like that. That's, I can't think of anything more scary, other, you know, than, than Ebola when right. it comes to, quote, diseases that are out there. Well, all of those uh, bloodborne, uh, melting uh, your eyeballs kind of diseases, I mean, it comes out of, Raiders of the Lost Ark imagery. And yes, it's a more powerful image to, to frighten people. And as we look at the reality coming out of Uganda, they said as of Thursday, there were 44 confirmed cases and 10 deaths. A few dozen possible cases and 20 deaths still under investigation, making this the largest outbreak in that country in 20 years. Now, it, what's unique about Uganda and those areas of Africa is there anything different between them and certain other areas of the world? We could keep coming back to some of the basics, lack of adequate sanitation, sewage, hygiene, nutrition. And when we talk about nutrition, key minerals that may be completely devoid in certain areas of the African continent that manifest unique, let's say diseases that they want to call them and plant the seed in our minds that it's one strange virus, Ebola, or one strain of a Ebola virus, that then they can go, hey, look, once again, it's not Republican, it's not Democrat, this is a crisis. We all must come together and roll up our sleeves for an experimental jab of some kind. Do you think they're working on a uh, mRNA Ebola vaccine? Oh, I, if they're not, I would eat my hat if, if I had a hat. <laughs> one of those statements, right? Find a hat. Find a hat no. that I can eat, right? All right, so here, here, here's a question I have. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll go back. We'll revisit maybe some of the interaction you and I had okay. 
over the last couple three years when we were talking about COVID. Okay. Which and we had we had some pretty good conversations about this. Yeah, no, they sucked. No, they, no, they were actually they were good. You're right. We had we had some colorful conversations. Yes, so, um, so now, question number one: mm-hmm. Is Ebola a, a virus? Is is it real? Is 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 Ebola a real thing? Because I know we talked about COVID, sure. and it was like COVID's not. You know, there are some people that say COVID's not real. Yeah. So my question would be first, is Ebola real? Okay, so the question it tends to, to move toward, is it real or is it caused by a virus called Ebola? Okay, is there a disease that is causing people's eyeballs to bleed and, and, and that they're dying horrible deaths from in Uganda yeah, or, or Congo or wherever, or you know, Senegal. Wherever. I mean, it's, it's appeared in a place. And, and, there, and yeah. something that we're seeing that's isolated to that region that is not being seen in other places around the, around the world. Yeah. There, there is something that's uh, manifested in those regions that is okay. unique and real. Okay. All right. So with that being said, if there are people, and, you know, this is not the first time, too. I mean, I can remember, what was it, just a couple, three years ago or something like that, right around there, yeah. where we had another Ebola scare, where, you know, it was just like, and, and I think, didn't they even say, correct me if I'm wrong, that there was this headline, it was like, Ebola is in the United States, and it was like, ah! Yeah. And what they had done is they had, they had taken somebody with Ebola and flown them to the United right. States and put them we in a hospital. That, yeah. It wasn't like, suddenly, it was spread here, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so irritated by that. But anyway, so is it feasible to say then that if somebody in Uganda mm-hmm. came here to the United States, yeah. that what they have, the condition that they have, yeah. this this bug, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, is something that could be transmitted from yeah. them to another person here in the United States? Okay. Now, now you ask the germ theory question that is so controversial that, you know, it's hard to uh, parse the two worlds, right? That it's caused by this substance that was spread or it's manifest in people who are so deficient in selenium or the combination of the two that in terms of interactivity with someone that they claim has Ebola, where most people interact and never have any symptoms at all of it. And you ask, well, are they wearing a body condom? No, they're not. They're exposed to whatever's mm-hmm. going on and and have no symptoms versus the the ones that are vulnerable and do manifest it would we then look which we would and say hey what is their nutritional status what is going on in their body that made them vulnerable to so-called communication communicability of whatever that is okay so so i'm I'm gonna go back to and it's been a while since we've had this conversation But I still stand by by my my concerns and that's and and here it is i understand what you're saying that if you are healthy and if you are not deficient in selenium and if, 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 uh, then you have nothing to worry about. But we know just and based on a lot of the studies that we've seen, the things that we've talked about on this show, mm-hmm. that the vast majority of people in this country fall into that category of being vulnerable, of not being healthy. Yeah of being vulnerable, right. of having all those comorbidities and all that stuff like that. This is what we saw happen over the last couple sure, of years. Sure. So to me, it it would be silly not to be concerned mm-hmm. about an outbreak of whatever in, in the Congo, we'll call it whatever you want to call right. it, that if that were to make it over here, 
that it, it could have a devastating impact because there are so many people that are vulnerable, mm-hmm. especially to something that whatever it is that they're dealing with there, that dude, that, that is like, holy I, I would, crap. I would argue know? as bad as people are here in America with chronic diseases, they're often not in that abject nutrient deficiency so, so severe that it manifests in, you know, organ liquefaction or liquefaction. Okay. Uh, at the same time, the question then becomes, all right, if we acknowledge that there may be a risk and that something's going on there, that if people came here that there might be vulnerability, do we then say, hey, let's isolate everybody again, let's hide, or do we say, hey, how is it that we can address Listen, this? dude, yeah. I, I can tell you right now that if this ends up becoming a thing where they go, 15 people in New York City have been diagnosed with Ebola, man. They, they, it, look, there are people that uh, would have been, I'm not going to... Mm. I'm not going to isolate for COVID. That's yeah. stupid. That if they heard it's Ebola, they'd be hiding in the basement. Right. Yeah. I no, mean, they would. That's the next level. Because of just because, monitoring. you know, yeah, I get, I come get on, it. dude. We, we've been brought up all these years watching all the movies mm-hmm. and all the TV shows and the Ebola, right? That's the big one. There's nothing worse than Ebola. I mean, you can't get any worse than that, right? Yeah. So how many people, how hard would it be to convince the population mm-hmm to treat this as something where they need to run and hide than if they said Ebola. Noel, the, if we were, right? let's say, honest about communication in media, you could say a little bit of both. You go, hey, this is real, this is a risk, this is scary. At the same time, as I point out, how did I learn about selenium as a preventive and a reversal of Ebola? It was by going into the peer-reviewed medical literature where they had actually done tests, on the soil, determined abject selenium deficiency, replenished the selenium, and then the Ebola went away. Now, that may not be helpful so much for someone in the throes of an eye bleed. Right? But then again, what does modern medicine really have that works in such circumstances anyway? Then I would argue, my gosh, flood their body with, for instance, the bioactive silver hydrosol. Because if you're concerned that it is caused by a virus, you can stop it from replicating, for instance, just as an example. Uh, as far as supplementing selenium back into the diet, I would do that simultaneously. You're, you're triaging in an acute way, but you would also be addressing the mineral component that is missing from the body. But that's not, to this point, been considered by much of or the vast, vast majority of the modern medical, pharmacological, pharmaceutical approach viewpoint of the disease itself much less as a response so if you were to propose that you're immediately dismissed as a you know any number of 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 epithets they'll they'll call you but the point of what we may have learned that is different in the covid crazy years is that doctors are finally figuring out they don't have all the answers and acknowledging it and saying hey what did we learn about covid it looks like it took some minerals and vitamins some 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 more natural substances so to speak to combat it, counteract it, along with drugs that were less toxic than most drugs. And might they consider, oh, that's, that pattern has now emerged. Maybe we could apply the same level of thinking to an Ebola and come at it differently. I hate to rain on your parade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm asking I for don't, I don't think, listen, yeah. I don't think the public in general mm-hmm. – if they uh, were convinced that an outbreak of Ebola had to, especially on the heels 
of this COVID thing that just happened. Yeah. I don't think people would be calm enough mm-hmm. to sit down and say, hmm, well, you know, if we just had some minerals and some vitamins. And that. No, people would freak the so F we, out. So should we be adding blood to the waters so that we freak mm. people out more? Or should we, as I believe... No, 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 no. Listen, the people that are watching this, this, you know, we're talking about a whole different uh, mindset here. You mean there are other people on the planet that don't listen to this I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking to the people that, you know, get up in the morning and turn on Good Morning America. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the majority of the people in this country. Those people are going to bleed out of their eyes. We we are going to see, you know, like a war of the worlds type of panic, I think. And it's I'm just putting perspective on it. I mean, if I watch the view, yeah. I already bleed out of my eyes just from watching it. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's in your ears. Yeah, you know? exactly. So th- those people we cannot help. They are yeah. so far removed from, let's say, uh, nutritional rea- other realities of life itself and health and disease that there's no way in for those folks. And and there are some doctors like that, too. But I, my point, I guess, is I'm not delusional about, oh, yeah, everybody's going to hold hands and we're going to figure this out. There's a yeah. lot of money and interest that don't want that, that want to use the fear as an opportunity to do more of the harm in terms of division, right. etc. cetera, power. Plays, the unfortunate thing is, though, yeah. is that that group of people that we're talking about, mm-hmm. they're your neighbors. They're it your could be. family, yeah, your extended cool. family. They're your coworkers. They're, you know, so it's like, it's not like we aren't going to have to yeah. deal with those people and the effect of the, you know, of what would be happening in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the, you know, the, the general public here, we would be affected by that as well. Yeah. We can't just, you know, I well, mean, I guess if we, if we all just went and lived on a mountain yeah. or something somewhere. But that is the, you know? that is the point of communication, isn't it? Of trying even in the midst of it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but it can be deadly not to to communicate with one another and say, "Hey, have you have you heard this? Have you saw seen this?" And, and for those that are not comfortable talking about these things, like you said, just hey, turn them on to the Robert Scott Bell Show, and they can hear things they've never heard before, and then you guys can talk about it and go, "Oh, I never considered that." But there's something about the truth that resonates with people. You know, the way I'm discussing this, the way we're even having this conversation, it opens up possibilities that were not there moments before. And that's part of the ability to communicate things that are sometimes uncomfortable. And I don't mean in a vicious, retarded way. (laughs) Yeah. Just just so Super Don doesn't feel so bad. You guys can come after both of us now. Uh, Oh, look at at you taking one for the team. So I'm trying to help you out, my brother. So the point is, the importance of now going into the uncomfortable zones of talking with people again, bringing up these hard, you know, to discuss things. And, you know, by asking questions often is the best way to go about it. a Socratic method of some kind. Now, sometimes you'll hit, you'll still hit the walls and I don't want you to get into any danger or trouble for doing so. But to Super Don's point, they're your neighbor. The people that don't know that will end up in the panic and in the zombie apocalypse are the ones that have not been exposed to this kind of information talk about exposure they're worried about exposure to ebola rather than the information that could help them not have to panic at all and in fact if they are vulnerable to shore up those vulnerabilities before it becomes a reality should you know those kinds of things happen here because it gets worse and worse in terms of the more we rely on drugs and the less we rely on nutrition for our health much less to remediate the lack of health that we may have 
So good stuff, good discussion here. And if there are questions or comments coming through the chat room, and if we don't get to them, we'll try. But if we don't, we sometimes get to it in the bonus round after the show's over. That You can also submit them officially at robertscatbell.com. We also have a toll-free number. You can call 866-939-2355. Leave us a message, and we can play that question on the air and respond to it right there. Now, let's see. I'm looking at our buddy Michael Bolden. He commented, and I, I, was, I was wondering what Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center might say about not necessarily what we said on the opening. It was just one small uh, part of the show about Biden pardoning simple possession of cannabis at the federal level and encouraging governors at the state level to do the same. So Michael Bolden's statement here is, when people tell me Biden is only pardoning a few thousand people for federal marijuana offenses because he wants votes, that's the point, right? Politicians have no principles. They do what's popular. So until liberty is popular among people, among the people, things will keep getting worse. And and that's a great point because we acknowledge, yes, it's a political maneuver. Of course it is. Are we unhappy that those thousands of people will now you know, have opportunity? No, we're not unhappy about that. But to Bolden's point is like until the people value freedom and liberty, these politicians are just going to you know, piecemeal it out to get your vote in the meantime, making you think you're, they're going to do something more than that. So, yeah, there you go. Bolden's on it, as always, as always. Any other questions or comments coming through, Super D? Just remind everybody some not, upcoming not events in a moment. See, no. oh, okay. All right. Well, check out the upcoming events tab at robertscabell.com. And if you go, there's the tab at the top. And Super Don has put our cartoon images. I look at them and I just laugh at both of us with these big cartoon eyes. Just, it's so weird. I don't, I don't know how, I don't even want to know how you did that. There they are. There's the, the show notes today <laughs> with the picture of me and Super D, uh, cartoonized versions of it. I look like just a little baby, almost a little kid, the way that it does that. At least you've got a beard. You have such great skin. Right? Exactly. You. you have lovely skin. <laughs> Yours is being hidden by your big old beard. Uh, so let's yes. see. Upcoming events tab. Let me click on that, and y'all can do this too. And this is a great way, in addition to getting the newsletter, by texting RSB, my initials, RSB to 22828 to get it, stay up on it. Now, this weekend, I hadn't planned on being there, but since uh, the other conference was delayed until January, I'm going to be at the Your Health Freedom Utah event put on by Christian Chevrier. We had her on a, a couple of weeks ago or less than that. So that's happening Saturday. To, uh, that's the uh, 8th of October. Then next week, heading out to the big, the big one, the one we love so much, the Health Freedom Expo, Trinity healthfreedomexpo.com. And boy, oh boy, are we going to have an awesome time together. Uh, there's Morley Robbins, there's Paul Bertero, uh, Todd Frisch, I see, Tracy Straub. We got uh, Ty and Charlene Bollinger, Brian Hooker, Brian Hooker of course, John Ward. We now also have um, Brad Nelson from the Emotion Code. We've got, who else is coming? Uh, Lourdes and Chris Lavoy are going to be there, and they're amazing. So, dude, this is one you don't want to miss. Now, granted, if you don't come to it, there is the virtual version of it in February, and I think even people who come to it will want to get that because you won't be able to see every lecture. It's just not possible. But also, we're going to have the big event with Jonathan Emord, the first official event for his exploratory committee to raise funds, and there are going to be some cool giveaways for those that are most generous in supporting Jonathan Emord to become the next U.S. senator, uh, at least in the next, what, two years from now election cycle, the 2024 election cycle. 
uh, to defeat Tim Kaine. We want to see that happen for sure. So that's coming up this weekend. Uh, next weekend, I'm sorry, Health Freedom Expo, 15th and 16th. We've got some online events, Super Healthy Lung Summit, 17th through 23rd. That's ongoing. Uh, we've got the Health and Freedom event, October 22nd, Saturday, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, with the Health Hut. Dr. Jack James Lyons Wilder will be there. Scott Shoemaker will be there. And other folks I see that I haven't met yet, I'm looking forward to it, including a special musical performance from Bryn Marie Himes, which she sounds lovely and wonderful. So that'll be great. Then the Fascia and Chronic Pain Summit, Rescue Summit, coming up online. The Red Pill Expo, 2022, uh, November 12th and 13th, Salt Lake City at the Salt Palace Convention Center. I will be emceeing. I will be presenting. We will also have David Martin and so many others. That is an awesome event. I hope you can attend. They, they do have online ticket sales as well. I Hopefully, we have the uh, link there if you click on it. Now, the, the unknown right now, Super D, is... The Clay Clark event, which he was on the show a week or two ago and invited me to speak at that one in Branson, Missouri. And I still don't have enough details to, to, I mean, that's a, it's a big deal and you're muted there. Go ahead. I have had no luck getting a hold of anybody. Yeah. It's like, I, nobody seems to respond. I know Kevin's tried too. Yeah. It, it, Although Kevin did show me something and it was like, there, the, you, you're on like the, you've got like a booth or something. Okay. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen that yet. But I, I wish that they right have a definitive information. If you're invited to something like he did, I believe it, he was sincere, but uh, the team's yeah. got to send me more than that for me to – I don't know the details still. I gotta, if I'm got if i going to put up my own money to be there. I mean, it's, there's a lot of questions uh, that I don't have answers for, and I'd like to be there. I think there's a lot of good people. We could get a lot of great interviews, but uh, just you got to have a little bit more detail. Just saying. Yep. I'm missing that. So, so we'll see if we get out because that's supposed to be, what, November yeah. 4th and 5th. So Yeah, so that would be coming up quick. We've got and a, then the uh, Stary, Stary and Stu Warner. Terry and Stu <laughs> Warner. Right? Their event, which was supposed to be happening this weekend in Orlando, has been postponed till the first weekend in January of 2023. So that's something else that will be on the calendar as soon as we get you know, all the details on replenishing for that one. And again, th- shout out to Orange Guard, orangeguard.com. Send in your uh, pictures uh, with the Orange Guard. Somebody asked a question earlier about Orange TKO, which is also delimiting cleaner. Uh, Orange TKO went the route of a cleaning agent. Orange Guard went the route of a pesticide. So it went through a different regulatory channel. But delimiting is delimiting. So, yeah, I've used both for those purposes. You can clean with Orange Guard. You can take care of pests with Orange TKO. But the Orange Guard went through all of the uh, the efforts to become a quote-unquote pesticide, but a safe one for you and your kids and your pets. So, very good. What else we got on tap today, Super D? Um, I, here, here's the story I think is the most interesting of the day for me. Okay. Did it did it come out that way in the newsletter when people click on stuff or not? It um, I don't I don't know if it came out that way in the in the newsletter. What do you mean that way? You've, it you've was once. It me. was a story in the newsletter. Yes, but sometimes you tell me about the most popular stories by the. Oh, the, the most popular one. Well, it did go out a little late today. Um, okay, just because I was I was needing help with the granddaughter this morning, but right. Um, it did go out right about the same time that we went to air, and so the most popular story. Uh, in today's newsletter so far, there's an, a, uh, a thing on how to control mold at home. Oh, interesting. Um, that is that is the one. And uh, by the way, delimiting delimiting is is good there. For mold, is good there. Yeah. Uh, did you know you can make? Did you know you can make? Uh, 
a tea out of the avocado pit? A tea? Yes, avocado seed tea. Uh, and it's supposed mold? to be like really good. No, not, it has nothing to do with mold. Oh. Um, but that no, is I, the second most popular story uh, in the newsletter. That is, I did not know that. So I it has would anti-inflammatory properties to it, yes. Yeah, I would do a tea from that. See? Hey, this is the kind of stuff you get to learn about when you subscribe you the to the newsletter. How cool is that? That's right. But let's get back to what I think is the most uh, interesting story of the day. Mm-hmm. When we grew up, <clears throat> uh, and uh, actually, I guess it was still while you you may have been driving at the time. I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, you know there, there were two types of gasoline at the gas station when you went to go fill up your car. Mm-hmm. You had leaded and unleaded, mm-hmm. and that was just a thing. Um, now, of course, you know at the time when I was just a kid, I didn't know the difference. You know, it would you know it was just that's what there was. We were all stuck on tailpipes and getting stupid. Totally, I was lead. like. Oh, can you yeah. smell that gas, right? Right. It's well, the sweet it, smell the lead, you know. They ended up getting rid of the leaded gasoline because it has lead in it. Mm-hmm. Good reason to get rid of the gas uh, right. and stuff. So they ended up making it so that the only gas there was was unleaded. They still call it unleaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I just have never thought that there was such a thing as leaded gasoline anymore. Yeah. I didn't but it know turns about out, gasoline. yeah, apparently it's back or it never went away. Turns out that uh, airplanes and not jet airplanes, because jet fuel doesn't have lead in it. Yes, kerosene. But the, not lead the piston engine airplanes that you see flying around, you know, stuff like that, Cessnas and stuff and everything like that. There's a um, bunch of them too. There's not one or two piston engines still up there. Thousands and thousands of them. Um, they're they use leaded gasoline. Dude, show I had this, no show idea. this article. So the EPA. Has just announced it's proposing to declare aviation lead emissions a public health danger. Like, did you already? <laughs> did you somehow forget that it was what? a danger when it was in car gasoline? How did we go for decades since they removed lead from the gasoline in cars to, oops, we forgot they're still spraying us with lead from the sky, and it, it says one hundred ninety thousand. U.S. general aviation airplanes are still operating on leaded fuel. And that accounts apparently to 70% of the lead entering the atmosphere. So, I, dude, it kind of freaked me out because I live, you know, uh, next to a, a small airport. And there's planes flying overhead all the time. You know, there's, there's the, the, the military jets, which use jet fuel, which is not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, there's still pollution from it, sure, but, sure. but there's also small planes. They're all constantly flying around, stuff like that. And I'm just like, so what you're telling me is that there's like uh, lead yeah. <laughs> floating around in the air right here. Yeah. I had no idea. No, I didn't know this either. It's not something we paid attention to until this came out. So it's a good And find. lead is no, that, that you know, that's a serious thing. Lead. You know, it's like not that any other kind of chemicals and stuff are are not, you know, the lead. That's a big one. It's not. That's right up there with like mercury. You know, we know what it does. We know what it is. Why is it still in the fuel above us? So the question is, what can we do about it now that the EPA is going? "Eh, It could be a problem. Like, really? It could be. I think it's a problem. Now, I think Monday we've got a special deal coming out. That could relate to something that, interestingly enough, that might be helpful here. Well, for people yeah, that don't know I mean, for those of you that took advantage of the uh, Pure Body Extra uh, special that we had uh, a few months ago, 
That, that's a zeolite, right? Yeah. To bind the uh, metals, help remove them. Yeah. That that special deal is long gone. Um, but on Monday, we'll start talking about another deal. And there's a uh, product from Touchstone Essentials. It's fulvic minerals. Mm-hmm. And it's got fulvic acid. It's got trace minerals. And it's got the zeolite in it as well. And in, in a colloidal form? I believe form? so. So, and is that going to be like a $5 deal? They're going to do the same it? thing. They're going to give us the opportunity to, to uh, offer the exact same deal. So it's going to be a $5 deal. Dude, all right. So yeah. this is timely. And we talk about detoxifying metals, simple ways to do it. Uh, this fulvic acid deal coming up on Monday. Will that be the, let's see, 8th? 10th. 10th to 10th. For yeah. one week only, you'll be able to get that product for 5 bucks. That basically is covering the shipping, I think, if that. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. Good timely information when you find out that we're still being exposed to lead from above with these uh, pistons. Dude, that's engines. crazy. That, that's, just, that's just nuts. I had no no idea that they were still using leaded gasoline. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one thing if, you know, if you're using leaded gasoline and it's in a car. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you can try and get away from the cars. But uh, how do you get away from planes flying around overhead? You can't, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I was thinking back to how we opened the show, which was, of course, the Biden thing. But the, the, the real story that we had intended to open with today was about the antibodies. Mm-hmm. Is that right? If my memory serves correct. Yeah. Like yeah. you got 87 percent of kids with antibodies uh, to what they call COVID. And yet they're going, well, don't don't count that. That's going to protect you. from and right. like, really, <laughs> Now, I was thinking we were ha- also having that discussion about me doing the show from the couch and how laid back and different it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I held back in terms of my outrage and maybe anger about that antibody story, because I've, you know, I've, I've gone down that road so many times that maybe I would have had to mock it up, but I really feel it. It's like, really, we're still there. We're still arguing about antibodies as the, the, you know? And so in, in that regard, I apologize if you wanted me to go more emotional in the opening of the show. And I didn't, I just (laughs) do just be you. It's okay. I mean, well, I want to acknowledge like too the trip, which it was an exhilarating trip to Florida, getting to hang out with great friends, and uh, you know I got over to Natural Immunogenics and did some lunch and learns for them, and and then did the Chamberlain stores, and you know hung out with Casey, and it, it was a really wonderful time in the midst of doing a lot of education and work, and then I you know took a little time to get out on the mountain bike trails, but I'm feeling today, well yesterday I got home and I'm like, holy tamale today I had it was say yesterday. I had done so much physical activity from the tennis and other things and then did the mountain bike ride and all of that. And I don't think I ever stopped for an actual meal. I might have had some of these organic food bars that day, yesterday. And so I was in caloric deficit, maybe too significant or more significant than I realized because I was like, dude, I'm really hungry. And then, of course, today I'm fasting. It's Friday. And I was feeling it. I'm actually feeling it uh, as far as... uh, you know, I'm not usually that hungry during the fast because I'm used to doing it now. And of course, my friends uh, were fasting on Wednesday for Yom Kippur and broke the fast. Mark broke the fast with me at uh, uh, at Chamberlain's. We had so we had a great organic smoothie uh, with uh, I think we had like a tuna fish wrap organic stuff. It was good and no problem there. But I'm thinking today, I'm like I'm feeling it more than usual on a Friday. And I think because of the level of activity yesterday and not considering that. You're still in recovery mode, huh? I might be able to fight at a lower weight class today. That's all I'm just so I'm saying. I'm just 
You know, when, when wrestlers and boxers have to starve themselves to make weight, I think I got it. No problem. Carb depleting bodybuilders do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. So next uh, discussion is intellectual. So I'm going to pause on this because I don't think I have much intellect left in me at this point. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you, Super Don. But then I, no! I can't. I can't because you're being exposed to piston engine lead gasoline. I know, you. and you know how how that affects uh, cognitive abilities. So. IQ goes down, so we, we right. inadvertently dumb the shit down because of our exposure to lead in the sky. Yet, <laughs> the question from Jeffrey Tucker, who we've had on this show from the Brownstone Institute, is why did so many intellectuals refuse to speak out? Now, I believe he's referring to during the COVID crazy uh, years we've just been through, maybe still lingering a little bit, you know, Canadians, non-jab Canadians are not allowed to cross over the border into U.S. for business or pleasure or even to see family members a mile away. And that's still going on. And, and, and for our Canadian listeners, there are a lot of intellectuals in Canada. You may be an intellectual in Canada because you listen to the show. And it's like, maybe you spoke out. I don't know. But there's a lot of people intellectually inclined that said nothing don't want to rock the boat don't want to be labeled uh you know an outsider of some kind or someone who wants to kill grandma but the question is where is the outrage as all this is happening where was the outrage about school and church closings mandatory masking wrecked businesses bad science astonishing lies foisted on the public day after day and you think well the intellectual class wouldn't let this happen because they're intellectual they see cause and effect, don't they? No, they're more programmable than the average folks that are working blue collar jobs that are street smart. Never underestimate the value of street smarts over intellectual smarts. You know, I've always had this aversion in my lifetime, and I don't know necessarily where it came from. I think I came in with it. Maybe it was my mom. I don't want to blame mom. But when it came to the highly hoity-toity intellectuals of the Harvard-Yale crowd, all these, you know, really, oh, so I got degrees, which I later learned they were degrees. I, I was just never impressed by that. I mean, I understood, oh, if you went to Harvard, yeah, you, you, you achieved something because you had GPA, you could take standardized tests. But even that was like, really, those people can be dumb as rocks, too. And we look at the intellectuals here that didn't speak up. How many of the intellectuals at the time of uh, the rise of the Third Reich in, in Germany actually participated, argued for it? How many intellectuals argue for population reduction by maybe any means necessary? How many intellectuals are pro-abortion, ignoring the fact that Margaret Sanger started this thing up with the express intent and purpose to eliminate black people primarily, have them stop giving birth? or other people that were intellectually challenged or at the time they were calling retarded, these intellectuals are all for that. So being labeled an intellectual is not something that I ascribe to be, even though some of you might look at me and go, oh, he's intellectual. Liam Sheff, who was incredibly gifted in terms of his mental uh, capacity, some might say Liam was very intellectual, arguably so. But he was also disgusted with other intellectuals because of what they wouldn't see or act upon when he showed them, here's the evidence, and they just did not want to see it. So they go into cognitive dissonance. And worse than that, they begin to attack others who dare to speak out, and they say, well, you're not really one of us. 
And Liam Sheff was smarter than most intellectuals with high degrees from Harvard, Yale, MIT, for instance. And we could engage in discussions and debates and, and, and have really great fun. You know, we talk about being an argumentative Jew, <laughs> you know, old people arguing about things and yet enjoying the intellectual engagement in a spirited way, not in a hateful way, but when the intellectuals turn you in to be incarcerated because you're not jabbed or you're speaking the wrong speech. Now intellectuals become the great danger to fundamental freedoms. Their willingness to go along with the elitists who may be smart, may be dumb, who may just be opportunistic in terms of knowing how to manipulate their power over you. And how these intellectuals could be as cowardly as anybody on the planet, maybe more so. How about those that signed the Great Barrington Declaration? Were they not intellectuals? So it isn't an indictment of all people who could consider themselves to be, or others might describe them as intellectuals, but it's a class of people that tend to be a little high on themselves, arguing that they know something you don't know. And they're the, you know, we're the chattering class. They're the ones that want to. Uh, control us and own us because we're not smart enough to care for ourselves, really. And we've got to control the progress of humanity. And if that means reducing the population by targeting people that are not intellectual, they don't mind, I guess. So I'm not, as you can hear, a big fan of the term intellectual, much less those that claim to be intellectual, even though I don't mean to generalize overly broadly. Uh, Super Don, you probably didn't get a chance to read this article. And I'm not saying it because it was too intellectual because you're certainly capable <laughs> of engaging in critical thinking when it comes down because you and I both like these brownstone. I wish articles. I had the opportunity to read in, in detail every article that we talk about here, but yeah. I have to kind of just skim. Yeah. I've been doing this long enough that I can, I can look at it and go, mm, good article. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's see a uh, final paragraph of that article by Jeffrey Tucker, just because I know we're running out of time here. Uh, here's why in our time, as in all times, there is a crying need for intellectual sanctuaries for those brave souls who are willing to stand up and be counted, risk cancellation, put their professional careers on the line simply to say what is true. They need protection. They need care. And they deserve our congratulations for it is they who will guide us out of this mess. Now, I, I I hesitate to think Jeffrey Tucker is is an elitist per se, but he's a he is an intellectual. He's a great thinker, and yet, ah, man, he it, it still defers to people of great intellect as the ones that can guide us through this. And I'm thinking, no, for me, it would be the people who are so connected to the voice of spirit, to guidance from above, a deeper or higher place than government, much less institutions of higher indoctrination or learning. That for me, I am so not worshipful of the mind that I don't even think it's the intellectuals that need to guide us that are good and willing to speak up against the other intellectuals. I think it's a matter of connecting to the source of guidance that gets us through beyond the intellect, beyond the intelligence that we laud ourselves for having, whether it be IQ or medical or other degrees, that can guide us to create a new through imagination, hard work, putting your nose to the grindstone and creating things, amazing things, innovations that happen more often than not outside of the intellectual boxes 
that were often placed in it. At the same time, Jeffrey Tucker is arguing clearly to dissolve or get rid of the intellectual boxes, but still appreciate intellectualism. I think I'm getting way too philosophical for the end of the show. People are going to be sleeping by the time we're done here. Uh, so I will move on <laughs> to some red meat for the audience. Doctors are, oh yeah, doctors are already suing California over the law that restricts COVID-19 advice to patients. Yay! Dude, you know what? If there were Didn't justice see that in the outer world in America, Gavin Newsom would be serving a prison term for destroying utterly what is left of the shredded Constitution in California. Signing into law this AB2098 that would make any information doctors provide not approved by whomever at the CDC, the FDA, whatever government authority that says, this is what you must say. If you stray from this, we will come for you. Your license is gone. We will fine you. We might even jail you. I mean, who didn't think this would be ch- would be challenged immediately? And this is my point. If you're an intellectual and uh, you know, Newsom, Newsom says he wants to run for president, it's like, dude, you know what you did? You just cost the state uh, taxpayers of California money that they already don't have. To defend a bill, a law that was so stupid that the, the dumb Democrats of California that would vote for this and any Republican that would vote for this, you need to go back to nursery school and start over again to figure out what is freedom of speech. Oh, well, the speech that we're regulating is not free speech. What is that? A scientific opinion that uh, challenges consensus, which is science by democracy? 51% of scientists believe something is true, so it must be true, despite the 49 or the 1% that says, oh, well, look at this. You're all wrong. Democracy is science? They're dumb as rocks. Democrats are dumb as rocks. But then again, so are Republicans in most instances when it comes to the Constitution. Where those stand up on principle, the foundational principles, at least in America, that we claim to have had in the past, do we still have them? Can we regain them? Can we restore them? And I would urge you to join me at the Health Freedom Expo coming up the 14th and 15th of October, not this weekend, next weekend in Chicago or outside of Chicago, because we're going to do our best to support a restoration of the republic, a Republican form of government, supporting Jonathan E. Moore for the U.S. Senate in Virginia. His exploratory committee is there. He needs your support. We can support him. We can get him there. And that's the starting, just the start of a long journey I know we're on. So, Super D, as we wrap up the show I don't want to talk more about California and Newsom and all of that stuff, but the suits are flying already as we knew they would be. Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer, but yeah. good, yeah. you know, because then once it goes into court and and they, they win, then you, it'll be like what we're seeing with the court cases against mandates, mm-hmm. right? They're winning, and so you yeah. can just feel, you know, once, once one person wins – then another, it makes it much easier for the second person to win. And once you get a few people who win, then more people can win. And so yeah. it's unfortunate. It costs money. It takes time. But it's it's one of the more effective ways to be able to uh, push back on these things yeah. when they happen. All right. Well, when we come back for the bonus round, we're going to congratulate one of our uh, uh, patron supporters who shall not be named because he wants to be named, who uh, <laughs> just completed – the health coach course, and he's got his certification from Trinity School of Natural Health. All right. He, he knows who he is. Nobody else does, but he knows who he is. No, we know who he is, and we're going to say, way to go, buddy. After the break, bonus round commences on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing the show. 
God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. The power to heal is yours. All right. Thanks for being on board. It's good to be back in studio. And we have, uh, again, a good weekend coming up. Hopefully we'll get some nice pictures. I think uh, we'll see Kevin Tuttle this weekend, Scott Shera, um, my buddy Charlie. There's a lot of fun things. Laban and Anna, the Ditchburns, hanging out. We're going to have some good stuff, good times this weekend. Uh, let's see. Now, here's the congratulations. And, and what's confusing about the Super D, and I'm looking at some of the chat in our chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen. This guy who just completed the health coach program, who goes by a certain name in the chat room, <laughs> friended my mom or tried to on Facebook. And my mom goes, I didn't see it. And he says, no, no, no it'll be under this name. It's like, well, how would I know that? So we've got aliases now. We're confused about who this guy really is. I know. What's no doubt he's that? a health coach right. at Trinity School of Natural Health. from, oh, Or now. maybe he's controlled opposition. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if we can ask him, but... Okay. Anyway, congratulations, Coach Murdoch, in the house. There it is. There's his Trinity School of Natural Health acknowledgement. He's a certified health coach as of October 5th, 2022. Congratulations, my brother. We're so proud of you. So glad you did it. And remember, a lot of you here had a lot to do with it because Murdoch put out a plea for help to help him. You know, as he's trying to care for his family, keep them fed, keep a roof over their heads to be able to invest. And it wasn't a lot of money, relatively speaking, to get this. But sometimes people are, don't even have that. And you guys and gals, you know who you are, helped them out. Congratulations to everybody. But Murdoch brought it home. He actually completed it. Nobody wasted anything. And now he's going to be able to help a lot of people. Not that he wasn't already, but officially now, a little bit more officially. So that's cool. Very exciting to learn about that. Way to go, buddy. Mm-hmm. That is That is very cool. I mean, how how neat is it that we get a uh, we get to see? Because you know we've been talking about Trinity for a long time, right? Yeah, and there are people that time. that are fans of this show, people regulars and stuff like that that have gone through it. But we got to see it from literally from like beginning mm-hmm. to, and I won't say end. End isn't quite because I think he's going to be you know moving even further, you know, sure. uh, progressing beyond this. But mm-hmm. uh, we got to see where it was like, hey, I signed up for Trinity. Yeah. Um, hey, look, I'm going, I'm, I'm doing the work and here we go. Ta-da. I mean, how, and that was yeah. quick, yeah. wasn't it? What were yeah. we talking about? A, ma- a matter of a couple months, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it, it was, he just said, I provo- I proved the enrollment specialist wrong that this was intense and she doubted my ability. I don't know. Did she doubt your ability or did she think maybe you were taking it lightly, perhaps? I don't know what what was in the mind of whoever that enrollment specialist was, but I I think it's also good to let people know that that it's a serious endeavor, that it isn't just, oh, I'm getting it's like a diploma mill where you just, you know, go through the motions and you get an official thing. It isn't that. I mean, you actually have to study and and learn something. You have to prove that you know it. So, yeah, eight weeks total for the whole program. Uh, So uh, anyway, I'm excited. It's like we saw it in real time and I'm, I'm so pleased that, uh, and I knew he would do it. I just, you know, he's tenacious. You know, he's he's funny, too. So uh, congrats on that. All right. What else is going on in the bonus round here? Um, 
Let's do a poll, the poll of the day real quick. I oh, know it's, it hasn't, of the day. we haven't had, it's been, I don't know, what am I trying to say? It went out late, so the um, the numbers aren't as big as they would have been, but mm-hmm. pretty pretty obvious why I picked this of the, this question of the day. Should oh, right, with been, our opening with Biden today. Right. Should people who have been convicted of marijuana possession be pardoned? Yes, no, and not sure. What do you think, Robert? What do you think our our subscribers said? Should people have been convicted to be pardoned? Uh, yes, I think that will be the predominant, dominant response. Yes. 73% yeah. agree that they should be uh, par- uh, pardoned if they were convicted of marijuana possession. 15% said no. And 10% rode the fence. Okay. Not too surprising, huh? No, I, I think that's pretty pretty part and parcel for our audience here. They get it. You know, I understand there is an argument that could be made mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it, it was the law and you broke the law, whether it was, um, whether you agreed with the law or not, it still was the law of the land and therefore... Because you broke it, and you knew you were breaking it. You know what I'm saying, right? Well, I mean, look, if we're talking about laws of of violence and theft, violating the common law, but if we're talking about the utilization of a plant that some people might not agree with, the utilization of that plant, which arguably harms no one else, you know, if, if that's your litmus, of course, you need to come out against alcohol because that is like a thousand times more harmful. I mean, I don't right. know what the actual number is, but uh, the point is, if you d- you don't like people using something in a way you don't want it used, you know, they, you're not very libertarian, obviously. Now, if you want to convince somebody not to use it, don't use the power and force of government to make it possible to be thrown in jail for using a plant. For goodness sake. Uh, there are certainly things that you can utilize the cannabis plant for that might not be ideal. And certainly, just like anything, if you sneak it into something and don't tell somebody, that's a crime, right? Here's to have this brownie, and you have no earthly idea that it's a, one of those you know, kind of brownies. Or giving it to kids. I mean, think about that. Uh, it, in terms of non-medicinal use in that regard, that's a crime. So I acknowledge that, yeah, it's not like, oh, never would I ever say, somebody used cannabis in a certain way that shouldn't be considered criminal. It's just simple possession. Yeah, no, those, you know, I'm talking about torts or violations of your right to life, liberty, property. That's where it draws the line there. Nope. All right. Appreciate you guys participating in that poll. We do a poll of the day every day with the, uh, the newsletter when it goes out, usually in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we did have one question uh, okay. that came in here that we did not get to. Let me go back up here to Lori. Whoops. There we go. Lori, what can I do for frequent premature ventricular ventricular contractions with brief runs of NSVT, which is another heart situation there. NSVT is... Ventricular what is it there? NSVT? Non-sustained ventricular tachycardia. Oh, okay. Tachycardias. It's a under a. Uh, it says here a poorly understood arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to look at the electrical system of the body. I think we talked about this briefly with Casey Krejci on the show the other day. Yeah. That 
these are mineral deficiencies primarily. Magnesium, right? Magnesium is our number one go-to, and then copper. We've learned a lot about the pathways of copper, including electrical conductivity, brain, nervous system, heart, all of that. So I think that uh, getting on the – Lori is asking about that. If you're not already taking the Sovereign Copper every day, I recommend and utilize the innate response. I think – oh, no, it's the Mega Food Magnesium we get uh, from Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com. And that's uh, RSB5 to get a discount code. So I, I utilize one tablet of magnesium a night, one tablet first thing in the morning. Although when I'm traveling, I'll often go to two and two because I'm putting my body under a diff, a, 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 you know, more stress. And then the copper, a tablespoon, one, two, or even three times a day is something I would do. Now, coming back to the general cardiovascular health issue, we cannot overlook the use of Cardio Miracle as a profound comprehensive formulation to take a, a scoop of cardio miracle every day with water is amazing or twice a day if you need it and then a lot of the other things we've been talking about blood issues but the electrical issues it's not about in fact i think i mentioned that in my my talk the other day i was talking about the um maybe a question about this and i mentioned the mineral deficiencies versus uh, you know the ablations the cardiac ablations where they basically go in and they 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 nuke a, a section of your heart with electricity. Saying nuke is the wrong, wrong word, but they basically zap it and kill it, uh, albeit it's small portions of it. So it's not like the whole thing, but still, it doesn't address the real reason that underlies it. Now, could it be heavy metals causing an imbalance? Absolutely, it could, Super D. And so hold up that um, the zeolite and the zeolite uh, combination that's going to be available Monday, the 10th, for a whole week. That's what it looks like here. here this is Ovic minerals five, five easier to hold. Deal. There, there you go. So uh, five bucks. Touch, Touchstone Essentials is making this available for one week only at five bucks to get. And they've and they've told us last time that they ship like all over Europe and even Australia. Yeah. So if you're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show anywhere around the world, you get ready and take advantage of a five dollar deal to try this stuff. Uh, and we'll talk more about the reasons to do so. But that includes electrical, heavy metal, et cetera, detox, and support of the various microbiomes, particularly in your gut. So, Okay, what else? Comments, questions, as we're in bonus round now. All right, all, let's see here. All the rules do not apply anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> Dude, it's Friday. Can it can it be? I can't believe how fast this week went by. So I'm hoping to set up for interviews at this event this weekend, so yep. that we'll have some new uh, interviews for Sunday's radio broadcast. So that I'll be there all day tomorrow, and I'll set up to do interviews. So we should be able to pre-record some things. And for those of you who are patron supporters of Robert Scott Bell Show, we often are making those available before the show airs on Sunday. The visual video versions of the Sunday radio broadcast. Uh, and that is unique to the Patreon uh, supporters to give you that access in advance. Oftentimes, most of the time, it's uncut and unedited. You get to see the behind-the-scenes stuff if you're interested in that. That's kind of cool. All right, so I'm just taking a look at what we've got coming up next week. On Monday the 10th, we will be doing the launch of the uh, Fulvic Minerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have Emily Penton in hour one and Elizabeth Hart in hour two. Okay. 
Then on Tuesday the 11th, we've got Curtis Bay. Dude, all right, so here's something that we got going on here. We have scheduled an Echo webinar on Tuesday the 11th. Oh, okay. Um, Do we have any Weirdly enough, I don't have any information on that. Well, we need to get that out pronto if we're going to do that. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get you more information on that. Um, Robert and Jamie Agee on uh, the 11th in hour two. Bannersforfreedom.com. Okay. And then Curtis Bay. Some of these people, I just don't, I just don't. Yeah, well, it's 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 Kevin throwing all this great stuff at us and Tessalina on uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then uh, Thursday and Friday of next week. Now Thursday, uh, we'll be doing an encore because I think you're going to be traveling, right? And then Friday you'll be at, at the, the Health Freedom, Freedom Expo. Yeah, so I'm going to be live Friday from Chicago next week. Uh, before the Health Freedom Expo officially begins, but we'll be broadcasting from there, and I've done that before, so we know we can do that. Yeah. And uh, we got to get Jamie and Joe on from Nutritional Frontiers. They didn't respond. Yeah, I emailed them this morning, and they uh, I did not get a response on that. They I'm just guessing they weren't available today, so we'll get okay. them on soon. Okay. All right, and yeah, so busy time. Lots of cool people coming on to the Robert Schappell Show. Loving that, loving that. Okay. And what else is happening here? Okay, question by Mercedes. What causes high levels of tin? Not to be a, a butthead about it, but exposure exposure to tin. Exposure to tin? It just doesn't happen without the exposure to tin. You don't get high levels of tin. All right, so then let's 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 be constructive here. Yeah. Uh, well, you have to investigate where is the Where is it coming from? coming from, right? Yeah. So let's look at what, uh, whether household appliances or uh, environmental exposures, where would you be encountering tin and the combination of metals that are called tin? Uh, and that would be helpful. Obviously, then the next question is, why are your detox pathways compromised where you're not able to eliminate this fast enough where it accumulates to the point of detectable high levels? So I think this is another candidate for... The fulvic minerals with uh, zeolite. It's a heavy metals, yeah, it is. I mean, oddly enough, it's mm-hmm. funny coincidence there. Your son um, has it with you. Well, got to look at environmental exposures. Unique to you guys. Do you eat food or drink juice or other liquids from tin-lined cans? Mm-hmm. Um, according to what I'm looking at here, canned food from lacquered tin-lined cans contains less than 25 ppm of tin. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. Where do you, where, what around you uh, has tin in it? Mm-hmm. That's not something well, we talk about. Some much, of it's a little bit of it. It's a, it's a Sherlock Holmesian event. You got to start digging into your environmental exposures over time that would result in that, and then how to counteract it. You know, we've talked about the minerals, the and the homeopathics, and the zeolites, other things that can help eliminate it. So. Definitely take advantage of that deal on Monday when it comes out. I'm sure you're going to send an email. All right, out. so here, here now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing a little bit of uh, uh, digging in here. So tin apparently is used in many applications such as food storage, like canned foods. Mm-hmm. It's used to make alloys, like solder, you know, for stuff. Yeah, kitchen utensils can have it. 
dental amalgams can have tin in them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's used to make stainless steel. It's You can find it in cosmetics and stuff like that. So, Yeah, the lower-end stainless steel, the cheapy stuff, can often have... Dollar store. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really... There are arguments that if you do stainless steel, you want to be certain of the... In, not only content, but how it's put together so there isn't the leaching as well. Charles Pixley in the uh, chat room over on our website is mm-hmm. saying that he would like to buy selenium. Uh, he would like you to suggest where he would get it. Oh, yeah. The innate response selenium. And that is from choosetobehealthy.com if you want to type it in for him. And then the code to get a discount is RSB5. Now, when I'm out and about, I'm more... I, I do more selenium when I'm traveling, just like because I'm not in control of my environment as much. But my bare minimum that I argue for most adults is uh, three tablets. They're 50 microgram tablets three times a day, which would be 450 micrograms a day of the whole food form of selenium. Now, the reality is because I don't eat typically three meals a day, so I don't think about it. You can take it on an empty stomach because it is food, but I typically get three tablets twice a day, which is about 300 micrograms, which to me is really bare minimum as far as needs. And so uh, if I don't know what you're dealing with, Charles, if anything, but I would say at least do that. I am putting it in the chat room right here. In fact, that's the direct link, Charles, <clears throat> to uh, to the selenium over at choosetobehealthy.com. Okay, cool. There you go. Thank you, Super D. Mm-hmm. Did you send Murdoch the link to show up on the show today or not? I did. You did? I dropped it in a Facebook Messenger for him. But he didn't He didn't show up, so. I'm guessing not. Well, I think he was nervous about the questions we were going to ask him about <laughs> all of his aliens. Put him on the spot there, yeah. yeah. Pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Mercedes says she's taking uh, Zeolite now, so that's good. Excellent. Well, still, I mean, the uh, the next. You still level. want to find want to find the source, though, right? Yeah, still, and, and the fulvic acid edition now that we have for five bucks, jump on that, take advantage of that, and try it too. Yeah, Diana, who's the one I believe that sent in the picture of the turtle, is mm-hmm. uh, how much should you take with Cardio Miracle? Are you talking about the selenium? I'm guessing that might be the yeah. case. I mean, I so, still I I didn't change my selenium habits when I got yeah. on Cardio Miracle. I, mean, I stayed at the same I because it, I don't think it says on the package. Yeah, maybe it does, but let me look here. It doesn't. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it does. So you've got two hundred and seventy-five micrograms per of dose or, or per serving, which is well, this is the the travel pack, so it's one stick, which I think is the equivalent of one scoop. Yeah, um, this is. A different form of selenium, though, than what you would get yeah, from healthy dot com. Yeah. So, I, I would still, I would I say you take, don't want to change your your regular dosage. I still take I would say at least three hundred micrograms a day, considering that yes, they do have some in there. But I still when I when I'm on the road, even though I do my cardio miracle, I'm still trying to get four fifty, and I'm not getting selenotoxic. Just saying for those that people freak out about selenium, you got to get the right form in. Alrighty then. Well, that's all I got. We're done. So it's weekend time. I don't know what we're doing for Sunday. 
Oh wait, you said so, you were going to try and get some people. So never mind. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My yep. plan is to get some recordings done tomorrow okay. at the event. Perfect. And uh, it should be good. Should be a good time there. And I hope to see some of my friends. I know I will at that event. Thanks to uh, Kristen Chevrier putting it on, and uh, friends at the Health Independence Alliance will be there, and others. Uh, look forward to seeing you if you're going to be there. Remember, Red Pill Expo is going to be also in the Salt Lake area, uh, the 12th and 13th of November. We got the Health Freedom Expo next weekend, 14th, 15th. A lot of cool stuff. 22nd in Pittsburgh, thanks to Health Hut. And we're still waiting more on details for the Clay Clark event at, in uh, Missouri and uh, Branson. So I think we can wrap it up now. I'm almost ready to break my fast, but I'm not going to do it. Not till later, but making it through. Not going to do it. it. Not going to do it. All right. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Didn't bore you to tears. Tell your friends if you liked it that they might like it too. So what's the Mickey-friendly music of day? Oh, it's the one everybody likes. Does everybody like it, really? Everybody? Well, it's the original one. It was the original one that I think that Bolden said that his vote was it would be the official end of the show song. Oh, okay. But you didn't do a poll question on it officially. I did not, but I suppose I could. All right. Well, go ahead and play it because we're about done. See you all Sunday. Technically, sort of, on the radio. And then Monday, back here live. All right. Have a good weekend, guys.